0: all reactions steve today i'm i'm loopy i've slept for like
1: four hours oh yeah because you've been pulling those midnight er shift hours on your stream you crazy thing
0: yeah i know we were what's the what's the phrase we've been we've been burning the midnight oil can you still say that when it's when it's just playing video games that, on the that internet? That saying
1: always confused me because I'm like, now, does someone have just midnight oil? Do you have daytime oil and midnight oil? Or is it just you burn some oil at midnight? I never really got that. Is it
0: cracking? Is it like wine where you're like, oh, we're taking out the good oil tonight, <laughs> like... Like, let's bust, let's bust open that good midnight Ooh. oil, because this is a long
1: My goodness. Well, I do know that you were burning some midnight oil last night, and I caught you pre-midnight running around on that Twitch stream, a big 12-hour long fella celebrating that two-year anniversary. Yeah. We've been streaming for two years,
0: and apparently, uh, what is now a tradition, traditions are things that you've done twice at yes. regular intervals. So, 100%. What is now a tradition is a twelve hour stream on whatever weekend is closest to the actual date. So we, we rocked a twelve hour stream. I gotta say, you know, going back to my level of tiredness, I made a terrible decision. I don't know what I was thinking. It's the most short-sighted decision in my life. Last last year I did it from like one to one. Like one PM to one AM. And Pretty I was smart. like that's good. And t- then this year With no additional thought, no further consideration, I said, well, you know what? A lot of people are busy in the early afternoon on a Saturday. I should just start it later. You know what? Rather than start it at one, we'll start it at like three. We'll just, you know, we'll eat up a couple of those later hours, but more people will be able to show up because they'll be done grocery shopping and bringing their kids to T-ball games and all that. Oh, yeah. With no consideration that... You move the start time, you also move the end time. It's Gotta it's a it. locked period of time. Yeah,
1: it was it was not good,
0: not not my finest decision. But I'm a man of my
1: word, and we made we made it through. How many folks were still hanging with you there at the, at the very end?
0: Uh honestly, more than you'd think. But the number of people. Hanging out in the stream that were awake is probably a very different number from the number of people that were had the stream open. So, Twitch would tell you that we had, you know, 30, 40 people hanging around in there. Nice. But I'm confident that two thirds of those people must have fallen asleep by then. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, well, it's three in the morning.
1: It's three in the morning. But it was on a Saturday. So, that's okay. Yeah. Well, good job out there, man. And, folks, if this is your first time, this is the Polykill podcast, of course. Over there, that's my man, Steve. He does some Twitching every now and then. You should go check him out. And I'm Travis. And we just talk about the games we're playing and the games that we're beating. Steve doing most of that, again, on Twitch. Me just doing it by myself with my cat. Nobody's watching me do it. I could be lying to you. You wouldn't know. But Steve has verified online proof of the games that he's playing and beating. And that's what this podcast is, Steve. And I say it every time. We make it fun. It sounds like like a spreadsheet getting read off, but I tell you what, it is fun. It's so it is fun. It is fun. I can definitely
0: say I have fun. Every time I sit down and <laughs> chat with you, I have fun. And I, the fact
1: that people keep listening must translate to other folks having fun listening. I hope so. I mean, again, you said that there were about 30 to 40 people at the end of your stream. There was probably some fog around who was awake, who was not awake. Yeah. But the stats on a podcast download, I feel like you got to be pretty awake to hit play on those things. So, I mean, people are starting out pretty going, pretty awake, and that's the only stat that matters. We don't get a stat for who finishes it, and I wouldn't want to <laughs> see it if we did. I would not want to see that stat. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be brutal. You know, someday
0: I would love to podcast scientists out there. Whoever's working on podcast technology, Mm -hmm. why can't we get a little bit better analytics? I want to know what sections people skip over every time so I can double down on those. I want to make them three times as long so when they try to skip it, boom, you just hop right into the middle and then you realize, oh, damn, this was fun the whole time. I should never have been skipping these
1: right right just more beat this the whole show's be tweets we're just reading tweets just Just no (laughs) original content we're just reading the internet Yep. oh man hey speaking of starting and ending things you did a bit of a game room tour and i gotta say i never thought it was gonna end
0: uh well it it was you know it was as long as some movies that's true (laughs) here's what happened so yes, I did record a game room tour. I wanted, to, well, I wanted to do it. It always seemed fun. It always seemed enjoyable. Yeah. And you know, at at a certain point, you just feel a little more at ease knowing that you know maybe there is very detailed video of everything you have in your home in case things happen. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, God forbid, God forbid. We don't you know want what? that. We don't want it. Yeah. No, we don't want it at all. In fact, we'll tell you about it when we get to the top five. What what things oh, we'd save yeah. if we. You know, God forbid, but yeah, God forbid wanted to get that footage, wanted to record everything. So, you know, spent two hours recorded and all was done. SOB, put it on a computer. Audio's busted, busted audio. It's crackling and popping. And it it was, it was what I would describe as unrecoverable.
1: Oh, I don't know what happened. So this was a, this was a full 90 minute or so run.
0: Yeah, a little short. It was, it was about an hour, you know, about an hour 15 in the first go round. Yeah. But you know what? I moped a little bit, but I said, yeah, put on my big boy britches. A couple days later, mm-hmm. we went back. We did it again. Somehow made it even longer. And uh, I think it, it I think it went pretty well. Folks have responded very positively to it. So I don't know it what is that very means. Good. When, when folks are, say nice things about like
1: all the things you've bought, it's like, oh, thank thank you. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it's a girthy, nice, well-kept, well-manicured collection, and it's very well presented. It's a good video you go through. You don't speak about every game. That's a big no-no. Oh, I don't like to watch those where someone's like, and then there's uh, Ape Escape, and then Ape Escape on the loose, and they're like, yeah, I can read them. (laughs) Tell me something interesting. Uh, So you do a good job about that, and I got to say, Steve, you're just good at what you do, bud. It was just a very pleasant watch. You're, you're a very positive guy. You showed off the GameCom. You said, I even like this console. And I said, gosh dang, that's, that's a good guy right there. That's a yeah. good guy right there. Giving some, giving some love to the Rudy of video game consoles, <laughs> the GameCom. It just it needs pulling for It needs pulling for But no, it's very good. And you know what? I don't know. We don't really shout out your YouTube too much around here. How could people find such a Game Room Tour other than the fact I'm going to link it in the description of this podcast?
0: Yeah, well, as I am everywhere on the internet, you can look me up on YouTube as Blinkoom, Blink O O M M. Like, man, that's a nice tiger game, Mm. come. Or if you're already on my Twitch, which most people probably see me over on Twitch, it's also linked in the description of my Twitch. Uh, Or you know what? Just just at me on Twitter, I'll give it to you. I'm a nice guy. I'll I'll send you that link right there.
1: It's so big too. It's so big. Even the link is big. That's how big this video is. But no, it is very good. I I have to admit I haven't finished it yet. I tend to I don't watch uh, a lot of YouTube and when I do it's usually bite-sized stuff. And so I do watch it while I uh, do the dishes. I've been watching you on 1.25 speed and we are now at uh, 1 hour and 19 minutes in. We're about to wrap her up. I did see the one Ooh. game I bought for you. You 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 you, you almost missed it you said and here's my jaguar stuff and you moved back up i was like i said, it's was so excited yes it's very true proof that i kept it proof, i know proof that I, I, was kept it. I was worried i was worried I was like what if it's not there how will i feel if he pans down oh. to that sweet Jaguar collection and the game that I thought, Steve deserves a good Jaguar game, not Trevor McFur, and then it wasn't there on your shelf, oh, I would have been so devastated. <laughs> I don't oh. think I could have shown up here tonight. I did. I, I, I made sure to
0: get it included for you. I, I do have to say, I I could have obviously gone back and recorded something and edited it back in, but I'm not, that's, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I am so annoyed because I missed one small shelf with just a tiny handful of games people are gonna be out there and they're gonna think i'm some sort of idiot who mm-hmm. has no WonderSwan games
1: and oh no import game boy advance games
0: i'm not an idiot i just forgot to show
1: that shelf oh, i'm that's sorry that's the worst that is the worst you know i was having this and this is just completely turning into a different podcast suddenly but i was having this thought while i was watching your game room tour you showed off your 3do games and i thought because we do our game or our uh, our uh, collection showcase every now and again on the Nest Friend YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. I, say, I I am in conflict. I was like, "Have we done the 3DO? I don't know <laughs> that we have, and I was, it's been so long. I don't know if we have. Do you remember doing any 3DO? I really uh, don't.
0: I I don't think we've done the 3DO. Even if we had, I love the 3DO. I would like to do it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bring it back out. Let's, let's show it let's off whip again. it out. Oh uh, man, I have I have. And largely because of you and because of our collection showcases afterward i tend to go on a bit of a spending binge because i see your collection and i'm like yeah i probably should get more games yep <laughs> and So it just gets me in the mood and so, your game room tour did no favors but over the last year i've accrued more games than i've ever accrued in my life we could feasibly we won't but we could feasibly just start that collection showcase over and it would be a completely different episode there would be completely <laughs> different, <laughs> different games to showcase uh, I'm, not, I'm anyway. not
0: opposed to it, but let, we'll, let's get through the first run, and then we'll
1: then we'll circle back. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Speak speaking of circling back, or at least getting to the end of something, eventually at the end of this show. Top five game, top five things that we would save from our game rooms uh, if uh, they were to meet their uh, untimely demise, which we wouldn't want to see happen. And you yeah. alluded to that earlier, but uh, that's specifically brought on uh, by an email from a listener. So we'll get to that at the very end. So you get that to look forward to. Be thinking about yours, folks, during this uh, episode. Five things you would save from your game rooms if an act of God, a Sim City 2000 act of God, wreaked havoc on your town or city, your neighborhood. What would you go down there and get and save? All right. Until then, what's coming soon? June 14th through June 27th, 2022, Year of Our Lord. What games mm-hmm. are coming out that we're super-duper excited for? We both wrote down one that I think most folk, most, most cool kids born in the 80s are going to be writing down. Yeah. It's that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Mm, it looks oh my God. so Oh, my good. God. I want to so bathe good. in it. I don't know. I... <laughs> Have you ever just wanted to like you see media you're like all right I I've watched the cartoons I've seen the movies I had the action figures I played the video games how else can I get it in me like yeah. is there a way I like I want I feel like I still don't I've read the comic books I still need to find a way to fit more turtles into me somehow uh and this is the this is all we've got for now is, is Shredder's revenge and like you said looks good and the I, I I'm sure you did it a bit on the limited run offerings there. I I yep. didn't get I didn't get the big dog. I know somebody that did no, our, our boy either. Frankie Viper Strike. He went full oh. hog. That,
0: that and that's that's a big hog this yeah. time around. Like yeah. they were they were pushing the limits of how many things you could put into one collector's edition. It's it's absurd.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost want to pull it up to read it off in case folks haven't really looked at that. Because I know know some people uh, aren't so into the limited run because I think it scares them into thinking they might have to collect everything if they collect one thing, which is not true. No, it's easy to fall into that trap, but you you can just pick and choose. Just pick and choose. Uh, Let's see if I can pull it up here because, man, it is just nuts what is in that freaking package. Um, I'm bad at the internet, Steve, but... It's it, it, one, one thing that I really like, of the several things about it that you can like, <laughs> the uh the game cases look like VHS.: tapes. Yes, and that yeah. aesthetic was something that I was like, man, why haven't we been doing that? That looks cool. <laughs> it, do, it does. <laughs> Where does that like,
0: maybe my favorite thing about the release, and I think this is true for all the releases, including just like the the stock. You know, regular boy that would just be sitting on a shelf at a Best Buy or something, uh, is they all come with a coupon for a free personal pan pizza in the same way that the NES games came with that coupon all those years ago. Which is just so, and it's a legitimate coupon. It's not like. Is from my understanding, it's not like a novelty. They just like printed up a little thing with a fake pizza chain. And it's like, no, it's like, I, no. They worked with like the merchandising team at yep. Pizza Hut, and you can bring this coupon to a Pizza Hut and get a little pan pizza. It's so good, dude.
1: I mean, when I saw that alone, I was pretty jazzed, uh, and I still have a lot of people use that coupon. But I was excited to find my TMNT manual for my original uh, NES game still had that coupon, oh, and it's too beautiful. bad it expired in like 19, it, like January first, nineteen ninety. But I'm like, <laughs> would they honor the old ones now? Now that they have the new ones to go through, would they? know? I mean Not it's that I would use it, but I'd be curious. It's collectible now, though. You know, all mm-hmm. those
0: every coupon has that little fine print at the bottom. That says like you know U.S. value one one hundredth of one cent or whatever. Like for some reason they have to say that it is technically worth money outside of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the few coupons in life that have appreciated in value. Like you are now be you could cash that in for more than one one hundredth of one cent because someone out there on the internet on eBay would just buy that coupon from you, raw dog, for fifteen bucks.
1: <laughs> uh, my raw dog fee is a little higher, but yes. <laughs> oh. but yes, I, uh-huh. I agree. Um, you know what? instead of me searching for anything online while I'm recording a podcast, just go look it up. Let's go look it up. It looks it's a really cool package that uh, honestly, I don't know who bought it. It seems like not very many people would put, put that much money into it, but it's still pretty cool. So yeah, I'm excited for that. And because yeah. it's a uh, limited run, we expect to get that sometime in 2024.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thankfully, I have uh a buddy of mine who I believe listens to the show. So hey Tyler, hope you're doing well. Hey Tyler. Uh, he is picking it up. He he's b- even bigger Turtles fan than basically anyone I know. Like he he's the turtles guy. He's he's the guy you know this type of guy. He's the guy that you'd go talk to him about turtles and he would recommend you like, you know, in the original in the comic oh, yeah. run. You know, right. the, the turtles were a little more violent and they all wore mm-hmm. red bandanas. He's all got that red. level of trivia. Mm-hmm. So he's getting it right one day one. Right one day one. That's, all right. <laughs> okay. He's getting it right one day one. And...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I'm, I don't like I'm, it. I'm having too much fun with it.
0: Um, <laughs> and, and they just announced via one of these recent uh, Jeff Keeley Summer Game Fest streams. I forget which one. Uh, it might have been the main one. That it has six-player co-op online yeah. and offline. So we've been kind of working around all of our friends group, a bunch of texts flying around. Be like, all right, we gotta we got to set up. Six folks, as many people as we can get in on this, we gotta maximize the turtle fun. Cause how how often can you play six player co-op and on
1: what looks to be an amazing game on top of that? Ooh, it's just good news. I know. And you get to I mean, you get the four turtles, but you also get Casey Jones, and then I think you get to play a Splinter. And I'm like, you know, it makes sense everyone calls a turtle. I mean, that every every group of four friends growing up was a different, you know, you had your turtles. Yeah. I think that eventually became you were a different Power Ranger. But at one point, everybody was a different turtle. And then there was always the fifth kid who was, you just, you just made that guy, Casey Jones. That made sense. <laughs> but I want to know which kid had dibs on being splinter. Like, that's kind of a weird kid. Like, I want to be the old sensei that everyone's rescuing half the time and can hardly breathe.
0: That's who I want to be. <laughs> it's that, that kid's a weirdo and also thinks a lot
1: of themselves in some way. <laughs> it's a weird balance of socially
0: awkward and oddly smug.
1: I know. Like being Leonardo, okay, we get it. You're the smart leader guy. Sure. Yeah. But when you're the Splinter, you're like, "All right, now you're our dad, too?" <laughs> what? You have some you have some good ideas, but you're too old to fight? Okay. You're so old. And you hate pizza. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. So that's uh that's one that we're cl- we're together on, I guess. Comes out June yeah. 16th on everything, and again, unless you ordered it limited run, we're going to be waiting a minute. But that's okay.
0: Yeah. I- I'll, a game I'll be happy to have a physical copy of, even if I double dip and get it digital and physical. Oh yeah, another game that's coming out the same day, June sixteenth, Neon White. This is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's like a, it it reminds me of uh, like a halfway point between Mirror's Edge and like a uh, maybe like a little bit of a looter shooter and the card RPG. It's all first-person platforming, a lot of very fancy movement. You know, kind of think of like the more modern Dooms, if you're thinking of first-person platforming in that way. And then you are running around uh, trying to avoid all these enemies, shooting your little fancy little gun that is powered by what seems to be tarot cards or other sort of like magical cards that you have. So uh, I don't know exactly how that's going to play out in terms of the gameplay. Like, will you be collecting them and equipping them before levels? Are they scattered throughout the levels? Not too sure. But... Very stylish looking. Uh, Annapurna published, which is like the instant mark of a game I will definitely check out. And I, I always feel like we're a little underserved on first-person platformers. Mirror's Edge was so good, and then like yeah. it just kind of like hasn't. There, there weren't as many uh, Mirror's Edge likes than uh, as I would have liked. So I'm happy to see uh, a cool-looking game in a relatively underserved
1: subgenre. That is uh, quite a subgenre. Very interesting. Hmm. Neon white. Yeah. And that's coming to Switch and
0: PC, at least for its initial run. I don't know if it's planned for other consoles later.
1: Are you thinking you'll get it on Switch or does that feel
0: PC-ish to you?
1: I think probably
0: PC because it seems like a game that's going to benefit from running as smooth as possible. And I'm just, I'm feeling like the PC I built recently is probably going to kick a few more frames in than the
1: Switch can probably it might. Handle. You would hope even. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, another game that I'm excited for as of, again, 30 minutes ago when I found it, uh, because (laughs) (laughs) my prep for this podcast happens in uh, a very small window before I start talking, but it's a game called Madison, and this one, it's, if you like Fatal Frame, and you like PT, Mm -hmm. and you like peeing in your pants... And this seems like a game for you. Now it has a, it has a name that makes you think it's a game about an old dead president, Madison, yeah. right? Or like a a girl you went to elementary school with that loved horses. You, everybody <laughs> knew Madison. She yeah. loved horses. She <laughs> loved them. But no, this is a very scary fucking game and it might be one of the creepiest trailers I've ever seen. The trailer itself really is really feels PT. You got you're moving mm. down, you're first person moving down a dark hallway and some subtle music and some trippy things at the end like a figure runs by you know like the gr- you think it's the grudge girl you're like what no not her you know one of those it looks freaky looks good and it's apparently made by a two person team from argentina which is crazy really? cuz it I looks so good something. i didn't know that two people could make a game look that good that looked like a team of people had to make this game
0: i i swear there's something about people that want like whatever happens in your brain that turns you into the type of person that wants to make a horror game it just like comes that that genetic mutation comes packaged with weird talent because i feel like a lot of these horror games i think amnesia was the same way are uh like very very small teams but they they look almost indistinguishable from like modern Triple A games. Like they're very good about scaling down their environments or something, but not their fidelity to because they know that that's necessary for horror. It's
1: always very impressive. I agree. I'm right there with you. So, in this game, to give you a little bit more context about what you'd be getting into with Madison, you awaken as the protagonist. You're just in a dark room. You're just covered in blood, which is never good. It's happened to me a few times. Not a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you're not very sure what's going on, but apparently you're at the mercy of a demon named Madison. Again, I'm not sure if it's the ex-president. Could be. Again, I didn't huh? read that far into it, only known about it for a minute. <laughs> could be the horse girl, too. Let's let's be oh, clear. She did get kicked in the back of the head yeah. uh, That you know, right before freshman year. Bless her heart, we told her. Uh, but um, it's something to do with some demonic ceremonies. Either way, you're armed with a Polaroid camera. Now, that's where the fatal frame comes in. Okay. This is how you're going to be getting around. You'll capture photos and solve puzzles and uh, all these cool things. So uh, I like it, and part of me, some sadistic part of me that says, you know what, you'd never play it if it were, but if this were on VR, it would be pretty amazing, because it yes. has some very up-close spooks, uh, and I could definitely see, like, I you know, that's the kind of thing I would ha- definitely have to be on a hard surface, playing it on a hard surface, like a hardwood floor, and buy a new Poop Squeegee four set, set four
0: <laughs> your, your, your current poop
1: squeegee's not going to get the job no, no and you just can't play that on carpet that'll just devalue the whole home you know <laughs> so uh, I, I do think it looks good and I think a lot of times we get to this part of the show I kind of shout out games that I think look cool and sure I'll probably own it but it'll be a long time from now this is a game where I'm looking at my buddy Briz and I'm saying hey bud yep. what do you think uh, you know we have to get through Dead Space 3 first Uh, But if we ever finish that long, drawn-out game, this might be one that we play soon. So, Madison coming to PS5, uh, the Xbox, the new Xbox, whatever it's called, PS4 Switch PC on June 24th. Very cool. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how that one is. Because I'm
0: I'm so stubborn about horror games and I tend to only play them in October, I'm kind of counting on you to try these out, and then in a couple months, when you know, Limited Run announces that they're doing a physical printing of Madison, <laughs> and you can say,
1: yeah, you're going to want this one, buddy. It's like, yeah, you're going to uh, get to play this in 2025's Halloween uh, because it's on, it's coming to Limited Run. We give them a hard time. I mean, they're yeah. made to order. What are you going to do? It's like french fries at Wendy's. You know, you get them hot, you get them fresh, you might have to wait, but whatever. Okay, yeah. so that, those are games that are coming now. Now it's time for, now Steve, i got to ask, did you break your butt? Um, I, I did, yeah. Do you want to see it? it. We're go- Well, no, but, we're- <laughs> but we are going to need it. So if you just want to go well, ahead and plop it down in that hot seat, we brought the one uh, man hot seat out tonight. Yeah. Well, yeah. Been a while. Yeah. All right. I know. It's, I know. It's a little roomier than I recall, but, you know, temperature's yeah. right on point. I know. No no more of our uh, s- side thighs sticking to each other when we get up and, and try to step away. <laughs> Uh, you get to be there, right there on your own. Now, I brought three questions here for you, and I don't think they're too too bad, but we'll see. I'm going to try. It. I'm going to turn the dial up just a little bit here, right out of the gate. Okay. Would you rather? All right. Would you rather be chased by one invincible ladybug for the rest of your life, no matter where you go? It's right there. It's 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 it's, well, it's not right there, but it's it's following you. So like if you if you if it, if you found out that it was in the t- Twin Cities and you're like, screw this, I'm going to go to uh, Argentina. Uh, that'll that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> it'll eventually get there. It's it moves a little slower than you, but it'll eventually get there. So you always have to be on the lookout. So this ladybug chases you no matter wherever you go, and it kills you as soon as it touches you. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Or or. You always have a 1% chance of being bitten by a highly venomous spider on your bottom any time you use a toilet for the rest of your life. All right, you pooping in fear forever, or are you just going to move every few months? Which one isn't? I mean, wow. At the
0: start of this, I didn't expect both hypotheticals to almost certainly result in my death. Yep. So here's the old problemo. 1% sounds low, but I mean... On average, 100 dookies later, I'm dead. And I'll tell yeah. you now, it doesn't take long to rack up 100 dookies. I now, get there I pretty mean, quick.
1: If I'll, I'll say the caveat could be, you know, maybe every time before you sit down, you inspect the toilet. You have to go through a whole ritual. You have to look, where's this spider oh. hiding? And it is, it's highly venomous. Maybe it bites you. Maybe it's just a real serious abscess on your butt cheek. Maybe oh, it will kill you, okay, but it's okay, always, okay. the ladybug will kill you. Now that will kill you. You look out for the ladybug. The spider may or may not, but it's always 1% chance you're going to get a bite right on the tuchus. Now, maybe you start pooping standing up. I don't know your skill level, but that's also an option. Mm.
0: I mean, I might have to ask you whatever brand of poop squeegee you're using, and I might just (laughs) never go to the toilet anymore. (laughs) I might just find an alternative method. So uh, here's the thing. The the ladybug is really, it's just going to be one Tense situation because an invincible ladybug isn't any stronger than a normal ladybug. I just have to get that thing into a mason jar, but mm. I have to do it first try, right? Because if I go Ooh. to put it in and I miss and it touches me, it's over. i have done. That's up. right. Yep. But on the venomous spider side, you know, you don't want to be living your life in fear forever. And sometimes you're tired. You get up in the middle of the night. What if I forget? That's embarrassing. So I think I'm just going to roll the dice. I'm going to do that 1v1 with the ladybug, see if I can't (laughs) capture it in a permanent method. And you know what? If I die, what? It's something interesting for the autopsy report or something. Try to figure out what happened. It's like, I don't know. It's like what looks like a bullet hole, but it's shaped like a ladybug's head. Something happened here.
1: Uh, And then you could further science. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Listen to the oh, it was the ladybug. The hypothetical ladybug killed him. God dang. Right. Okay. Very good. I like that. um, I like that strategy. I do think you know I didn't put a caveat in here, but I guess you could go full hazmat suit if you wanted to and just run around a room with a jar trying to get this ladybug just to make sure the rest of your (laughs) life can be spent worry free. But yeah, all right. Very good. All right. The next one here. Now I know you love mowing. I'm a big fan of mowing. nice it's peaceful you know kind of it meets that uh um completionist side of me yes get it all done very much so here's an interesting thing for you now i know i know this about me i know that there are certain i i know my yard so intimately i know things about my yard my wife has no idea about that i have to (laughs) i have to mind when i'm mowing i wanted to ask you What are some things about your yard you got to keep in mind while mowing that even Leah doesn't know about? What are what's going on in that yard of yours? You're like, I bet Leah doesn't even know that I gotta I gotta do this to mow this. That there's this part here. There's this thing over here we got to look out for. What's going on in that yard, bud? Oh yeah, we've got a couple of these. So
0: first up. Well, one, I don't even know if she knows exactly what the property line is, but that's not too big a deal. You just mow up to where your neighbor last mowed. It's an <laughs> honor system thing. <laughs> oh, but sure. we got we got a tree on the side of our house that's got some roots that are surface level. and if you're and if you're just plowing straight down, you know you're f- cutting your straight line in your box mow. You're gonna clip the top of that root, all right? It's popping up a little too much. You gotta, you gotta work your way around it a little bit. <laughs> yep, so I yep. think that she might take a look she might shave a little off the top of that of that tree root there. Sure. Second up, we've got uh, the a couple spots in the back of our house where, not this year, but historically in the past, there have been ground bees. And oh so, no. The, I learned about them the first time while mowing. You mow over a ground bee hole, <laughs>
1: you're, you're running, buddy. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't want to go to the grocery store and get a pound of ground bee hole. I just I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do it, but I will do it if you make me. They don't me make do a squeegee it, for that. I'll tell you that they right just
0: now. don't do it. No. But uh, you got you got to approach those areas with caution, all right? Because you never know. Did they did they come back? I mean, yeah, we've done what we can. We watered the area to try to collapse their old nests, and we filled those holes with dirt. And historically, they don't re nest in the same place. But you've been stung once. You've been stung every time, buddy. You That's know right. you That's know right. the fear. And so she, it, it's it's a very very uh, uh, regular looking part of our yard. She'd never know that there's bees hiding in there. Whew, so man
1: I got stung right in the back of the knee one time by those gosh dang ground yellow jackets uh, and I go tiptoeing by that part every single time. Oh uh, yep exactly the, the one time. I didn't
0: realize it at first. They started stinging me. I looked down. There's a bunch of bees around my ankles. I dropped that mower. I'm running away. (laughs) Bees are ping, ping, ping. They're trying to get me. I'm sprinting full speed between my yard and my neighbor's yard. Probably my pants are falling down, but I'm too scared to notice. Ooh, ha, ooh, ha. I just dive, dive into the kiddie pool in the front yard and and wait for them to go away.
1: There you go. That's a good way to do it. Uh, That happened to me one time, and I have a riding lawnmower now. I upgraded. I don't know that mm. the situation would have been any different though because as I was push mowing I uh, I saw some bees then I just stopped and I'm like is there a is there a bee hole somewhere? And I don't <laughs> see a bee hole. And then I uh, I pulled the mower back and I realized that I had the mower sitting right on top of the hole the whole time when I was looking for them and they just started gushing out like kind of uh, <laughs> like a cartoon. And then I just like you said, basically the exact same move. Drop it, run as fast as I can, and that's when I got stung in the back of the knee. One tackled me. I got sniped right at the 40. (laughs) Did a tuck and roll.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no good defense when they have that strong of an
1: offense, I'll tell you. And I also have to bring up one of my favorite uh, stand-up bits from uh, comedian John Reap was talking about the exact same scenario. Mm. His dad was mowing, ran over some bees, and they just saw him swatting, and he ran through the yard, got in his truck, and left. <laughs> and he came back like five hours later with groceries. Like he just, <laughs> he, just he just went and hit uh, out for a minute. Was like, I better just get bread and milk while I'm out. And then I came back. And I something about that story cracks me up because I could see my dad doing that, just being like, "F this, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just going to drive down the road a bit." <laughs> not, to, not
0: to turn this entirely into a B podcast into Paul B kill, but. I tell you, one of my most vivid memories as a child is I was, uh, we live on a cul-de-sac, and I was down on the other end of the cul-de-sac, and a bee came. And I, for whatever reason, at this point, I had already developed the inappropriately healthy fear of bees. And I remember vividly, I would swear that this is true, I start running down the street. I'm scared. I look back. He's behind me. He's hes, he's gaining ground. I'm running more. I turn back, and he's, he's right behind me. I swear to God, the dude—he's staring right into the whites of my eyes. There's a cigar hanging out of his mouth. He's just <laughs> chewing the butt of it, and and he's got murder in his eyes, dude. In my memory, I leapt into the house. I slammed the door, and we could see a thud as it smashed into the front of the <laughs> door and left a dent because it was
1: so hell bent on killing me. Jeez, horrifying. Jeez, that is a that's a full on like it's like a Spielberg movie or something there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you got to be careful around the bee holes folks. You never know what's going to come out of them. And last (laughs) one (laughs) uh, one here for you. This one should be pretty simple, I think. This will be a good way to close it out. What's the last food you tried for the first time? Does that make sense? What's the last food you tried for the first time? Uh, The last food for the first
0: time. I think it was... Now I'm like, dang, do I ever try new foods? it has gotta be something. It was some sort of, like, squid-adjacent thing. This was, like, several months ago someone was cooking some up, and it was, like... I forget what it was, because it was just one of those things where it's, like, a gummy texture mm. that comes from the ocean. You know, is it come from a clam? Is it, like, a little like jellyfish or, or something? Something? Can't, something like that. And I... I did it because I was like, you know what, you know, try everything once, whatever. And then it was exactly what you'd expect, where it was like chewier than you want and a little more bland than you'd hope for. And you're like, oh, I would never, I don't
1: want to eat this. I'm not really in the mood for it. So <laughs> maybe that, ca- that, that, calamari. I mean, I don't know. I do like calamari. If it's if it's fried and I can dip it in something good, I'll, uh, I'll eat it. But um, all right, cool. Because I was thinking the same thing. I don't know what mine is. I have no idea. Mm. Oh, another one right around the same time jackfruit have you ever had jackfruit oh there's something about jackfruit right doesn't it just look weird or does it smell bad there's something about it
0: uh it's no no odor memory uh, of mine but it's like a it's like a white fruit flesh kind of filled with seeds sort of like the cross between like coconut watermelon and strawberry if you like put all three of those into that ai bot that combines images that's going around right now right and i just remember it was like it was good but it was very subtle like the sweetness was not off the charts i was i was surprised because i was expecting to bite into it and have it be like real sweet but it was it was almost like sort of flavorless in a way which
1: which wasn't bad it was just surprising yeah i've never tried it but i i pulled up a picture and it does look like a bowl of soggy pops you know that cereal pops <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like a bowl of soggy pops but all right interesting jackfruit wonder who named it all right well that's the hot seat for you get you out of there get on out Ooh. there now get on out you did it you did it Not all bad. right all right um well this is a podcast about beating games and to beat them you gotta play them uh, you've been playing some games, um, looking at your list here, some good ones, some good ones. Um, why don't you take one? Sure. You said that like, like mm,
0: for the first time, some good games. Mm, <laughs> Finally. Really interesting. Finally. Finally. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we, we popped in uh, some Game Gear love, not too long ago on one of the streams, did a little Tales adventure. I, I forget who it was, someone... It might, might, have been, might have been our buddy creeply but someone in one of my streams is talking to me, and they're like, you can do a little Game Gear love? I'd like to see a little Game Gear. So the next yeah, stream, course. I was like, you know what? I would like a little Game Gear love. And Tales Adventure was um, the, the, the Game Gear game I most wanted to play. And when I first got my analog pocket, I got nervous, because uh, I popped that game in as like, this is the game I'm gonna play. I got the Game Gear adapter. Let's go Tales Adventure. Let's go hard. And I booted it up, and that That game was Japanese. It was in Japanese. And I got worried because this is an English cart. I was like Oh, did you get frauded? Did I get frauded? Did I get diggity duped? Oh no. And so, you know, I'm I'm like doing a bunch of research trying to figure out, you know, this how legitimate is this copy, blah 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 Could have swore I tested it, because usually when I buy a spendier game, I test it. But you know, maybe I didn't notice the text at the time. Yeah. Maybe I only just confirmed that it booted up. Right. But turns out that the pocket uh, the game gear is one of those systems where some games have both, uh, languages on the cart and the pocket just had like a bug where it was defaulting game gear games to the Japanese region for that, which in a lot of cases still used English text, but specifically in the case of tales adventure didn't. So they patched that we're good. Now fears alleviated and man Tales adventure pretty dang fun and very really? dang impressive on the game gear. Like, huh. Very impressive. So it's very different from any other Sonic game. This is Tails Adventure as in Tails Miles Prower, Sonic the Hedgehog's trusted sidekick. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a gated exploration. You know, it's, it's tried and true. Level based, but it's definitely you will, as you explore the levels, you'll find hidden power ups and those will let you access other parts of the levels. Some levels have multiple paths you can take. Uh, that you maybe need to uh, make a decision on or that you may need to revisit once you have the right ability or the right item to go through. But it's just it's very uh, technically impressive, I think, for a Game Gear game. It must be a late one because the amount of animation that Tails has, like it has all the animation that you'd expect from like a Genesis game. You know, he's got idle animations. He's got kind of like a wobbling animation when he's near a ledge. He's got a unique ledge climbing animation. He's got like this crazy, like flipping animation as he's falling down different areas, all sorts of stuff. So I visually I was, I was loving it and it's just, it's just a fun game. It's very good.
1: And it plays a lot like Sonic, I imagine just with, uh, more hover abilities or,
0: uh, a lot slower than Sonic. Tails can't run because maybe they're afraid that running is too fast for the game gear. I'm not too sure. Probably just because
1: it would be too Sonic
0: yeah true true yeah <laughs> what well, it's not tail's job to run it's tail's <laughs> job to fly which he can do in this game so and uh, yeah it it plays uh if you imagine like a sonic the hedgehog game where you never pressed the run button and you just walked right. slowly like it plays like that but it's uh it's, it's all in all pretty fun I, I i quite enjoy it i'm about halfway through looking to see it through to the end uh it does some interesting mix-up, you know, for a while you're doing like a little bit of like a submarine,
1: almost scrolling shooter-style level, very cool. I've always been curious about that one. More curious, I get more curious the more expensive they get in that weird. And <laughs> this one has shot up in price recently, and uh, just almost out of my bite range. If I'm going to get it, it better be soon, I guess. Haven't looked in a bit. Maybe I'm afraid to look now. But um, it's a spendy one. So is this one that you've had for a while? Yeah, I had the cart. I
0: actually got the card for free a long time ago. God damn it. We, I mean, at the time it was a much cheaper card. It was like a $20, $25 cart, which for Game mm. Gear at the time was like
1: $25 for a cart. Huh? Right. Damn, that's, that's spendy. That's ex- now you'd, exactly. you'd love to pay it. I, I still feel that way about most Game Gear games, though, to be honest. <laughs> 20, 25 is too much for most of them, but there are a few that I would like to have. Yeah, exactly. So
0: I... I, I don't have any sense of what it's going for now because I got it for free for helping out some
1: uh, lo- a local game store. It's like helping them do some rearranging uh, and stuff. I remember, and you know. t- I remember you saying that now on the collection showcase. Well, that's cool. Uh, my local game store had a copy of this, and they've always had it priced $20 more than the going rate. Just trying mm-hmm. to find a sucker. And it's not going to be me. I'm too smart for that. As yeah, I we'll walk in here next episode with my new Tails card that I paid <laughs> for, uh, But uh, no, that's yeah. good to hear.
0: It's good. to hear. It's good. It's very good. I, it, you know, I don't want to knock the Game Gear because I think the Game Gear is actually pretty awesome. But like, it's a very traditionally playable Game
1: Gear game. Like you, you don't really have to make many concessions to enjoy it. Uh, I've been plugging away still yet. Not a lot. Not a lot to talk about here. But I've still been playing that Uncharted for. Oh yeah. I've been, I've been Nathan. I've been Draken. You know, I've been doing my thing out there. Me and Heck me yeah. and Sully and my bro just hip hopping and scooting, looking for that treasure. Down in the deep, deep wells of somewhere very uh, fantastical and uh, tropical, probably. So, we're having a good time. <laughs> we're having a good time. It's it's crazy how long that game is. I feel like I've played yes. uh, through at least three Uncharted while playing Uncharted 4. And the, and a really weird thing, too, is uh, there was, like, one level where it was, like, almost open world out of nowhere. It was like, all right, yeah, ride the jeep around and look for shit. And I'm like, excuse me. This is yes. a linear game. I'm you tell me exactly where I need to go, please. I'm just here to jump on ledges, all right. <laughs> but no, it's it's really good. And I man, it still strikes me. It that game is what six years old now? I think. Yeah. It's Something still like just that. it looks so good on my original ass PS4 and my basic ass TV from 2012. It still looks so yeah. good.
0: It's so it's gorgeous. They nailed. It. I mean, they basically set the bar. I think those Uncharted games are always sort of. In terms of mm-hmm. AAA budget, uh, like
1: technical fidelity, some of the some of the best you'll ever get. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that's it. That's uh, Uncharted Four. I suspect they'll be bringing that in to the beat section next time around. Well, we'll see. You n- you never know when Heathcliff
0: is going to come wandering, on. catching your eye. That son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> uh,
0: well, one that I've been playing that's a lot of fun is Rock Band 4. i never done, heard of it. I done busted out Rock Band 4. Let me tell you about it. There's a genre of game. It's called the music rhythm game.
1: No. Oh my gosh. Is this new? Uh, nah, it's
0: it's been around a little while. You probably wouldn't have heard about it. <laughs> it's kind of an indie genre, but Oh. You know, it was it was serendipitous timing because we were talking in the Discord recently. There was a little bit of Guitar Hero love going around. Everyone was sort of getting nostalgic. There was several people, actually, in the Discord that were like, oh, my God, talking about Guitar Hero has me immediately want to bust out the instruments and start playing. And I had just, just a day or two before uh, busted out the plastic instruments again. I was looking forward to playing it for a long time. And I did the thing where I, I, I pulled my drums out of my storage space where they were, and mm-hmm. I set them in the middle of the living room to be a burden, like... Yeah, this, this is just going to take up space as a constant reminder that I, I I, should really carve out the time to just play this game that I love so much. Right. And then like a month went by and I did not ever carve out that time. And like I just kept maneuvering around the drum set every time I needed to go put another game in or needed to grab something out of the mini fridge. It was all just and eventually yeah. a, a layer of dust started to build on top of the drum set. And I was like, it, Uh, this can't happen
1: no that's what you know yeah
0: and then i put it off a little longer but thankfully leah came in she saved me she comes down today. she's like let's play rock band today and i was like oh thank god an excuse to actually do it so she hopped on the mic i hopped on the drums and oh it's like riding a bike buddy it just feels so dang good hopping back into that thing i'm a little worried because i i go through phases where i tend to get a rock band addicted I get I yeah. get, I get into it and it starts eating into other game time but uh for now it's like my I'm NCAA
1: bent. Yeah. Your your rock band <laughs> is my foot, college football addiction. You don't want to even if if you walk by a table where someone else is snorting rock band, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, "Hey, give me a exactly. hit of that. Let me push some of those buttons there, man. You play hardcore, you just play regular expert. What do you do? <laughs> then you're done. And then you're done. I, one time Jake brought over um you know, I think it was back when Rock Band 4 was really fresh, and so a lot of folks were playing it, and he brought yeah. it over. And for some reason, just the bass songs weren't good enough for me. I had to spend 30 bucks on new songs, and I think we played seven of them because we didn't have oh. time. But I was like, get that one, too. Might as well get that one. I'll oh, scroll down, get that one and that one, and that one, I'll pay you back. Well, my pay- and my PayPal bill was outrageous for him.
0: <laughs>
1: every Every time
0: that uh, we boot up Rock Band. The first thing you got to do is you go, you go to that story, you start scrolling down, and you're like, oh, I mean, I I would never listen to him otherwise, but it'd be a shame not to pay two bucks to get a little Sugar Ray. Get a little Sugar Ray on here. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're going to be doing that. A little Blind Melon. I think we're going to be doing that. Oh, we got we to gotta do that. Yep. Oh, so I love it.
1: I love that's, it. That's that's just part and parcel for enjoying Rock Band. Nothing but respect uh, for it. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, to to change the tides almost completely. I was uh, <laughs> I went on vacation this past week and I brought a little game along and I tried to confine myself. I used to bring my Switch, uh, which I probably should start doing again because I would play a lot more games that way. But I kind of like to force myself into playing like a console, a handheld specifically that yeah. I just don't touch enough. You know, and earlier this year, we went, uh, we went down to Asheville. I made a big deal out of that, and I took the Game Boy. We had a good time. This time, I took the Vita, and uh, yes. I brought along uh, a game called Collar X Malice. Now, you think, Trent, why would you bring along a dumb, dumb fucking game like that? Nobody's ever heard of. Well, I don't have many games on, on my Vita and <laughs> <laughs> to start, uh, and, and nobody should because there are none. Go to a game store and look for Vita games. They don't exist. Steve has all of them. There are no more. It's so anyway, so, true. so anyway, uh, I was interested in this game because it has a pretty good little, um, I don't know, kind of back of the box summary for it. You know, it's it, it lurgy and it's it's a graphical adventure game with a, a little bit of like very light uh, QTE stuff, but it's mainly yeah. just uh, making some decisions and taking in some some context, some narrative, and it also doubles as a, a dating sim on top of that. So it's a dating slim yeah. slash big murder mystery and some of it is uh i mean i think it came out in 2017 but a lot of the the content is certainly uh when you say topical for the time like dark in that way like it, there's it's a whole like terrorist vibe and mm. all that stuff so i was like man it's weird how prescient this is even now still yeah. i mean it's only been 5 years but um but it still is like it's very interesting and I find a lot of time in those graphical adventure games um, that the tone is very strange. Like, it kind of balances on goofy and extremely serious and dark at the same time. Yes. And it kind of keeps me on edge in that way. It just always feels (laughs) like you're sitting on a, a clown's lap. Like, you never, you never know how it's going to end. Am I going to get a balloon animal or are you going to try to diddle me? I don't know what's going to happen. But I kind of like that tension in that way with that game. And so I'm about halfway through the date. I've never really played any dating sims before. And that's a kind of a, a major element of this, but uh-huh. I do. I do find it interesting. I do find it, I'm I'm not hating it. I thought it, it could be kind of a, a turnoff where it's like ugh, I don't want to have to read all this nonsense, but it entertains me enough to where I it, there's some part of me deep deep down that is a like 58 year old lady who loves her daytime programs like her soap operas, oh, yeah. and yep. I'm I as soon as I realized it was a dating sim, I already picked out my boo. I was like, yep. "Oh, I'm aiming for this fella. I hope I hope I can hit it off. Hit it just right." So, I'm I'm loving it. But the problem is that game is perfectly suited for the way that I treat a vacation, which is just turn everything else off and focus on, you know, I mm. you know, I don't have work. I can just kind of dig in. It's like reading a book almost. Yep. And when I'm at home, I just don't ever have that slot in my day where I can just sit down and take that in. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that I don't put it aside for too long because I, I really was having fun with it. Collar Sandwich I've,
0: I've got a stack of visual novels that I want to get to. Uh, many of them on the Vita. Almost all of them on sure. the Vita. Uh, that I have the same problem where it's like, you know, a game that I can't multitask up with at all, that I have to just be staring down the barrel of that Vita the whole time and paying attention to all the words is weirdly difficult to to find the time for
1: yeah no, I agree. I agree. I was going to try to uh because it does have nice quick safe functions. uh I was going to try to like maybe if I put like fifteen minutes in before bed each night, you yeah, know? like get get yeah. a routine with it like <laughs> like it's you know something healthy for me.
0: you know the solution you leave it on the back of the toilet tank. oh and there you go you just you just take you know
1: double lengthers every
0: time and, <laughs>
1: and you work your way through it drop by drop. Man, you're you're increasing your your spider percentage that way, but <laughs> you get a little more Vita in. And what's what's not to love about the Vita? You know, too true.
0: Uh, okay, well, you know what? From one handheld to another, a little bit of a, a little bit of a transition for you. The last thing that I've been playing is it's actually a couple of games,
1: but I've been playing the stuff on my old Play Date,
0: the old the old yellow little Play Date oh, there. Yes. Look, look at that
1: cute little guy. I want to say before you get started, I saw you streaming, and I love the over. You could see the, yeah, I can see, see the buttons in the crank. They're yeah. very kind. the
0: The folks at Panic that produced the Playdate uh, released a free program that lets you either you know capture footage or stream um, uh, connected Playdate games, which is very cool. But I I think I told on the podcast before my saga about getting my Playdate in, and it was broken. I had to RMA it. We got the new one in, and I was actually a little bit bummed, because are you familiar with how the Playdate's seasons of games work? Uh, no, enlighten all of us. So there are uh, there's a, a stack of, I think, 16 total games that they're releasing that every owner of a Playdate gets as part of what they're calling Season 1. And the way that they wanted to release these is they drop two every week, but because they knew that production issues would prevent everyone from getting their playdates all at the same time folks would be getting them at different paces they didn't um they, they didn't they're not set on specific calendar dates it's not like june 16th two more games drop and are available on the playdate service it's from the moment you first connect your playdate every monday you will on that that playdate get two more games oh so, wow if you were one of the earliest people to get a play date, you're a good chunk of the way through season one right now. But because I had to RMA mine, it mm. set me back on that schedule a lot. So I was hoping to have a lot more games to be able to talk about, but I'm only now three weeks into my cycle, uh, and I only have that many games. Uh, but of the ones that have released so far, uh, the one during the stream, the two that I definitely enjoyed the most, one is called Casual Birder, which is an amazing name for a
1: game <laughs> and it's like our friend it's, dylan i called him a casual birder you know <laughs> he's kind of casually into birds yeah yeah he's not too serious about it
0: he, he, he he's got other hobbies too <laughs> uh, you it's just a game where you walk around and at any point you can bust out your camera and take pictures of birds and it's kind of like a pokemon snap thing where you it's like sort of puzzle based where you're going from screen to screen, top down Zelda style, and you're trying to find the birds and sometimes like puzzle out how to get the birds to emerge from their, their homes or capture them at the right moment. Um, and then in addition, when you pull out your camera, it uses cause the Playdate has a crank on the side. That's like the main, um, uh, gimmick for the controls. You use that camera to focus the lens either near or far back. So you might need to like, you know, cause a little bit of noise here that gets a, a bird to fly out of the hole in the tree, and then you got to have your camera ready in the direction he's going to fly, and then at the right level of focus. Oh. So as he s- goes past your lens, boom, snap a boom. photo. Yeah, you start duck filling hunt up that style.
2: Yeah, so nice. very, very
0: much so. So very cute game, like just a fun little like puzzle adventure game that has a pretty good sense of humor. And I think... I shouldn't say this for sure on a podcast because then it's etched into the history books. But mm-hmm. I want to say that it has uh, a developer that is somewhat well-known. I think it might be Ben Foddy that that worked on this game or in part worked on this game. So uh, a lot of the Playdate games are developed by folks that have
1: pedigrees that you would recognize. Very neat. And I do re- I do recall that, and I'm pretty sure, our pal Weedo recently finished Casual Burger, which is how I... Uh, had heard the name before, and I also remember his backdrop of having birds casually in the background uh, for his he, beat tweet. Yeah, I
0: mean that's a very we don't move, right? He's so we don't. He's just out there being a being a bit of a photo man. He he's a bit of a casual birder himself. If the birds are
1: games and beautiful backdrops, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So casual birder. Okay, great. So I'm hearing one. That's one one that's game one. on the old play date. But, there might but be the two. one I was
0: having, the one I was having the most fun with, weird game, hard to like, hard to make this sound as good as it was. But I was, I was a hooting and a hollering on the stream. Oh, I love that! And it's called Time Travel Adventures. So it's a level-based puzzle game, and it's set up where at the start of every level, you uh, get a letter in the mail that i don't know why it's a letter in the mail but it is and it says like we're going on our first date at 3 p.m and you're you start with your character he's he's snoring he's just snoozing on the bench he wakes up he's like oh my god it's already 3 p.m i'm late for my date i haven't even left the house oh my god and then the the mechanics of actually playing it are all it uses is the crank you just turn the crank and when you turn the crank clockwise you make time progress forward, which progresses him to, like, running towards the location of his date. And if you then wind the crank backwards, it will reverse time and you'll reverse on the path oh. that he's going to take. So it's it's 2D side-scrolling. Kind of reminds me of, like, Vibribbon, if you're familiar with Vibribbon. I'm not. Um, but it's uh, – his path is set. You have no control about where he goes or what he does. The only thing you can control – is uh, whether he's moving forward or backward in his timeline and the speed at which he does it, which is affected by how fast you're cranking that thing.
1: It's kind of neat. I mean, it's really neat.
0: Yeah, very novel. And and then on top of that, there's a bunch of things that try to get in your way, right? So some mm-hmm. of the earliest examples are there will be uh, like uh, little pieces of poop that are running along the ground. And you have to time you running Ew. over them so you kind of leap over the poops. You don't want to have to do the poop squeegee no. on the bottom of his shoes. <laughs> you just don't want to. No. And then you'll start getting the situations where there's like multiple layers of stairs and you need to be like reversing and moving time forward to be going higher or lower on the stairs to avoid like pigs that are flying through the screen. Your character is kind of like, a, it's got this like scarecrow thing going on or like a snowman thing where he's built out of three discrete pieces and... As you progress the timeline forward, he jumps onto, like, a like a pull-up bar, and it stretches his body out and leaves a little gap between those three pieces. So sometimes you have to, like, get to that point in the timeline before a bird comes by and flies right through you, because otherwise they'll, they'll hit you and knock you back. And you're just trying to make it to your date. You're always late. You get to the end, and your date is not happy with you. And you get kicked in the jimmies most of the time. Oh, no. She'll give you a a punt right to him, and you can... Rude. You know, with the timeline, with the crank, you can hear his cries of agony in slow-mo or high-pitched fast-forward, whatever you want. Just very quirky, very fun, very unique. A really good example of, like, this is a game made for this device. Like... Yeah, you could do it with just a D-pad and pressing left and right, but, like, the act of turning this stupid crank while all this ridiculous stuff gets in your way, and, like, the, the urgency of being late for something as you, like, crank it as fast right. as you can. Like, I, 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 gotta, I gotta get there, I gotta get there. It's just so fun. So, that's that's what I've been spending most of my time with on the Playdate. Uh, that's the, the only game that, after the stream, I went and, like, played some additional levels of because I was liking it so much. And uh, I'm a little worried that it's gonna be ending soon because a lot of these games tend to be relatively slight, so...
1: Yeah. Ah, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of a bummer, but I was going to ask if you, you have these in playing now, you don't have these in beat beaten, so they do have endings, I assume. I mean, I know Casual bird does, we've seen a beat tweet, but uh, I thought you mentioned Time Travel Adventures, I thought you said you get to the end and you got kicked in the jimmy, so I assumed, oh, so you beat it, but you're saying like, it's like uh, your princess is in another castle kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So it's level based and the end of every level you get kicked in the jimmies and then it starts up. Now it's for your second date and it's a new level
1: with a new set of objectives. So. Oh, that's neat. Great. I mean, you know, who's having a date at 3 p.m. anyway? I mean, what are we doing? Are we getting friend zoned? Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe just stay on the bench. Take that nap. You know,
0: I don't know. I mean, she's a very patient lady. I'm at 26 dates now that I've tried to go on. I've been late for all of them, but she she keeps trying. So I'm obviously bringing something to the table.
1: I guess. Well, it's very bruised testicles, it sounds like to me. Yeah. But still. It is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) All right. Speaking of bruised testicles, let's plug ourselves because it feels great to do it. It just feels, mm, it so, feels good. so good. Oh my gosh! Well, go, folks. If you like what you're hearing so far, uh, we got ground bee holes out here. We got just regular bee holes <laughs> out here. We've got cranking it uh, and getting kicked in the balls uh, by uh, a lady that wants you to, to, to go on a date with her. Uh, we've got all that stuff. And if you've enjoyed that, man, be sure to check out our website, PolyMediaNetwork.com, because we got more podcasts that deal with content that immature and less mature than that we have no more mature content than what you're hearing now so i hope (laughs) you like it uh you can also find other podcasts for example drunk friend that's a that's a podcast that i'm on with our pal snass drunk we do uh occasionally we'll do some interviews with some other creative folks like our one and only the guy i'm talking to right now steve is going to be on an upcoming drunk friend episode you can check that out it's coming out this friday you get to hear more steve mmm
0: you don't, you don't know for sure that I'm not going to ghost you But yeah you can, hear, you can hear everything you've ever wanted to know That, I, that I'm that i too afraid To bring to PolyKill.
1: Kill I know, and I I did notice the look on your face Was like, oh I should recheck my calendar You seem as surprised to hear that that's coming out This Friday as, <laughs> as a lot of other folks But uh, hopefully it does No, I believe you I believe you We've
0: also got Petey's Power Hour Which is, you know it, It's better than Drunk Friend I'll go ahead and oh, say it. yeah. 100%. Yes. She's got the distinct advantage of having no Trav. So, no, PD's Power Hour is wonderful. Excellent podcast about all things alcohol and interesting information. And currently season four, it's off to the races, all right? It's demanding your earballs It's demanding that you hop onto that podcatching app and listen to some. Recently, Pam was back on there cannot be tamed they talked about all sorts of interesting things and you can check out a video version of that podcast if you're like this podcasting app's not doing it for me i want to see vid doing i want to see videos. audio and video you can do yeah. that it'll yeah, be coming soon to pd's power minute youtube channel uh so go check it out
1: go check all that out and uh demand pd make more episodes that's really that's one thing that you can do you can just however yes. you can do it scream at her and say please make more Yes, absolutely. She responds well to peer pressure and uh, we encourage it. It's exactly how she started a podcast. A lot of peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um also please check out tales of the lesser medium if you want to hear a bad story but laugh a lot while doing it uh caleb and i are working on this upcoming season i know it's been a long gap but i'm, I'm proud to say we got back in the old studio which again him and his house me and mine uh kind of a kind of a separated remote studio situation <laughs> as we as you and i are doing much much of the time um but we're halfway through this new season and we should be three-fourths of the way through it uh, by tuesday so we're ramping it up because for a minute there we were both on vacation and poor Caleb I think I brought this up last time he got sick lost his sweet little voice and he just one of the most important things for a podcaster (laughs) is one's voice so had to wait for that to get all healed up we're ready to go and I'm super excited about this new season I think the episode that we just recorded is great so I'm excited I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to just learning what the next series Mm -hmm. is
0: oh it's gonna be so good well In the meantime, and after that, at any time, you can also check out IndieQuest, which is your podcast about all things indie games, with myself and my co-hosts, Drachma and Frantic. We recently had on Eidos, who is one of Mm. the two main developers of the game Archvale, which is a phenomenal indie game that you can check out on Game Pass right now, and I gotta tell you, he was just a just an amazing interview like yeah he made everything so effortless that dude is just upbeat funny had a bunch of interesting stories it was one of our best episodes and almost none of that had to do with any of us as hosts (laughs) he would do our podcast better than us so please
1: give that episode a listen i'm so used to that happening with drunk friend i totally get it i'm glad you got to experience it uh and i had always been calling that game archvale but i guess it is archvale huh i guess i'm wrong Interesting. Well, that's cool, and uh, yes, please go check that out. I support any and all IndieQuest interview episodes. Solid stuff. You have more that you want to do? You got you got folks lined up? There's always more in the hopper. All right, always. I mean, you understand with drunk
0: friend, things are always in various states of confirmed, idealized, planned, mm.
1: executed. So, Honestly, yeah. kind of a pain in the ass. So, But the good news is you have Drachma <laughs> on that podcast, and he's a very good guest-getter, which uh, he's yeah, gotten he, he's, many he's a he's good guests. He's a bookie in a former life or something. <laughs> he's very good. He helps Drunk Friend out uh, tremendously. So, B.S., yes, please check out IndieQuest. And also, folks, Polykill has a Patreon. You can visit Mm -hmm. patreon.com forward slash polykill and find a tier that works for you if you're interested in helping out the show. You'll get early access to stuff, including Nest Friend videos, uh, those PD's Power Minutes we talked about earlier. Uh, We've got a little uh, board meeting gimmicky show that we do now, uh, seldomly. And uh, sometimes you can get early, you know, polykill. You can get an early drunk friend if it gets edited in time. And there's also some tiers where you can influence the show with your top fives, etc. And uh, if you want in that Discord, because it's a cozy family in there. It's an Olive Garden, I gotta say. Or a Ruby Tuesday. Whichever you think is better. (laughs) Right now, you can get in there for a dollar. But if you want in there for a dollar, you got to come now because that tier will be jumping to the three dollar tier on July first. And again, it's not a it's not about the money. We just have a very cozy community in there. We want to protect it, and so it's structured so that we increase the tiers after so many people to to ensure that it stays nice and cozy in there. So, and it goes without saying, everyone already in there they get they get grandfathered in on July first. Yeah. You you don't we we're gonna go around with the hat telling you to pay up uh no you're already in there but uh any anyone who shows up uh after july 1st wanting in the door there's a bit of a cover fee and we got we got steve over here he's big and tough he won't let you in this bit No. Nope.
0: it's the only situation in my life where people would consider me aggressive is when i'm gatekeeping people out of that discord when i'm running mm-hmm. running the background check on them and saying hey
1: are you gonna be cool enough to show up here i gotta make sure yeah yeah I mean, and if anybody knows cool, buddy, it's you, which is why we put you out there on the front. So we put you yeah. out there. Amen.
0: And finally, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at polykillpodcast at gmail dot com. Send us your hot seat questions, your top fives, your discuss prompts. Uh, and we actually have a couple of a couple of different uh, well, ones from the Patreon, ones from the email. Coming up at the end of the show. So I'll stick around for that.
1: All right. Well, that's going to take us right into the credits. You know, and that's the whole point of this podcast. We're here poly And We're out here beating as many games as possible, trying to get those polykills. And man, it just feels good to see the name scroll up the screen. Who made this gosh dang thing? You might say sometimes after you've beaten it. Like, <laughs> who was who did this? This was nuts. Or maybe it was I hated it, and can I find their addresses? So uh i'm just i'm going to get started here because there are two specifically that i mentioned last time and i just don't have a ton to add other than oh, we done beat it and yeah. one of those was the vr uh game because I, I got an oculus 2 from a buddy been been uh, playing that i got please don't touch anything on there. little i, I don't want to call it an escape room it's definitely uh you're in a room that you probably should escape but you're just in there solving puzzles like an <laughs> asshole you don't really need to be in there. I think you can leave. But um uh but you get a bunch of different endings depending on the the order and sequences that you solve some puzzles and uh you know I'm just going to say I beat it. I got a lot of the endings. I got to a point where okay. I was like, I can't figure out how to get anymore. We got most of them. It kind of keeps a chart. And I was like, I feel like, I feel like that's enough for me. So I'm going to call please don't touch anything a beat, but I will say it's, it's definitely a game that's highly recommended. Uh, especially if you have VR, you know, you don't get physical versions of those games very often unless you have PSVR. Yeah. And so you're locked into a digital rate and it is a cheaper game. So mm. that's that's number one, and it's also very good at that at that rate. So I think it's one of the one of the games out there that's worth it if you're just getting into VR. Maybe you want to try something that doesn't get you moving around too much. I I tend to be uh, a bit hamstrung. You think you know, Trav? You got a you got a big old game room down there, but it's like I can't move four feet in any direction without clearing a shelf of games or punching a, a column in the middle of the room or kicking a cat into the wall. Uh, so this was actually a game where I didn't have to worry about that because you know. Just kind of in a very contained space, pushing, prodding buttons. So if you're, if that's a concern for you, I think you could even sit down and play this one. Mm. There you go. Please don't touch anything. Awesome. Glad you are able to make your way through that. I'm always happy to
0: hear a little VR love on here.
1: Oh, now, yeah. More to come there on one day, yeah. Heck yeah.
0: In the spirit of things that we had already talked about, but we should close the book on them, make sure people know, these, this isn't coming back. I already talked about it, and now I saw who made it. We made our way through the Guardian Legend. We finally, oh, yeah. we finally beat that bad boy. I actually was surprised when I was, you know, going to pull my stuff together. I don't know, something about the last two weeks. I, I was like, Guardian Legend was more than two weeks ago at this point. I feel like I beat Guardian Legend back in early spring. But nope. <laughs> that that just happened. And great game. Loved it the whole way through. I gotta say pretty difficult final boss, but I found a nice cheesy strategy that let me mm. beat it, probably unintended. Although I'm not sure about that, because a lot of times in these old NES games, sometimes the cheesy strategy like is the one that they expected you to do, and it is impossible otherwise. So who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, like Dark Link, never forget, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, what a bitch. Uh, oh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you wrap that one up. And again, that's that's one I've not beaten. And uh, now, uh, knowing great. what a skilled gamer you are, I'm uh, a little bit worried about that final boss. But hopefully, I find the cheese myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. And then the last one here, just to close the circle on Mario Superstar Baseball. I brought that up last time. I said, gosh, this game is just way too hard for me, Steven. I'm having a Mm -hmm. hard time. I love baseball. I'm a baseball fanatic, but I'm having a hard time beating this game for babies with (laughs) (laughs) baseball. And I, got, I, got, I say I don't think it's a game for babies. I think they meant for this one to be uh, quite uh, challenging in a, in a lot of respects. They wanted you to grind, and I I don't know that I was really willing yeah. to do that so much. Uh, so I, you know, full transparency here, we only got three of the four cups, but we beat enough. It's like beating, you know, uh, easy novice hard, and then I just left the expert on the table. So I'm looking at okay. it like that. You saw you saw who made it though. They show you, they, they run through. They run through a little. Who made it after each cup? So oh, technically, okay, I saw okay. who made that goddamn thing three times. All right. So we, All we're right. good. We're good. All right. He uh, he couldn't quite. You know,
0: he saw Burdo on the cover, and he's like, well, "This is this is. There's too much thirteen mm. in that PG. I can't do it. I <laughs> Can't do it. Almost a fourteen in there. Geez, <laughs> Louise." Well, Congrats on making your way through, pushing through that. I know that was difficult for you. I mean, I assume you probably edited out, but there was a lot of crying when we were talking about this on the last episode. Big boo-hoo time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Blubbering is the word I would use. So (laughs) glad you were able to get through. Yeah, we did. Uh, So another one that I wrapped up that is uh, instantly, you know, game of the year contender, Citizen Sleeper. Wow. And uh, it... The quality of the writing in this game, I swear to God, it's second to none. Only Disco Elysium comes close. Soundtrack was so good the whole time. But what is actually really cool that I wanted to touch on is how they do the endings in this game. Uh, And this this will be, depending on your sensitivity to what you consider a spoiler, possibly a spoiler. I'm not going to talk about Mm. the actual story of the endings, but the structure of how the endings come about. Which only spoils things if you're like extremely extremely sensitive to that type of thing but you've been warned so citizen sleeper it's a game very much about your choices and trying to find your way on this space station that's sort of like got a lot of refugees and a lot of people that are sort of in transit in different parts of their life and and things like that and and a lot of the 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 heart of the game sort of the theming is around you as this like android representation of your former humor self what 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 will you be what kind of person will you be and the way that the endings um uh, reflect that is there's you know there's just a lot of different paths you can choose there are endings where you can uh like uh, leave with certain people there are endings where you can make certain decisions to sort of like integrate yourself further into this community there's some other weirder ones but what's really cool is that unlike other uh, like uh similar games like a visual novel or something like a color x it's not like at some point you get locked into an ending you at, at some point you will progress a certain set of quests and a certain storyline far enough where you will basically be asked like do you want to do this thing do you want to make this decision for yourself and in your life and you can uh, you can get right up to that point you can tiptoe right up to that line and you can say no, I don't want to. And it's not, when you say, no, I don't want to, it's not that you like have to revert a previous save or anything. They're just like, okay, you don't have to. I mean, none of these stakes are final. This decision won't come up again. You know, like, uh, I'm not going to offer this to you, but if this isn't what you're comfortable with, you can kind of nope your way out of that ending and you can say, ah, I didn't really realize I was going so far down this quest line. This isn't really the character I wanted to make. I'm going to go another way and get a different ending. Huh? And if you do that, to all the endings in the game, and there's a lot of endings, there's like eight or nine games, they'll still let you do that. You don't ever have to get an ending in this game. And you can sort of just, like, stay on this station, treading water, being indecisive about how you want your life to go. And that, in and of itself, is an ending. Basically, you get the ending of, like, yeah, I'm just I'm not a very decisive person. I, <laughs> I'm too scared of commitment to go in any one direction. I'm just going to kind of keep... Living my life day to day, working side jobs, and trying to stay alive on this station. So, I thought that was very clever of them, and I think that that is a very cool way to like not punish you, but also not really reward you for uh, being afraid of making some sort of uh, finalized
1: decision. And
0: yeah, and, and it's set up innings. where you can view multiple endings if you want to. So.
1: Dang, that is that is very interesting. I mean, you talked a little bit about it last time. We were talking about how it was a bit overwhelming, maybe out of the gate with all of yeah. the uh, on-screen, you know, options and, and and verbiage. But you're saying it pays off. What's the runtime on a game on Citizen Sleeper here? What's the
0: how long did it takes? Not you? not too long. I want to say it was like 15 hours ish, hmm. uh, and that that could vary. I did a lot of what there was on offer but that could vary depending on how uh, on what decisions you make, you know, what quests you pursue, things like that. So, it's actually it's, it's pretty manageable and exciting uh, because again as a part of Summer Games Fest, this developer just announced their like content roadmap and they're releasing uh, I think 3 episodes of what I believe is a free like add-on story dlc and a lot of folks have played this including myself through game pass anyways so it's like if you already beat it on game pass you can check back in in july when the first bit of that drops and there's gonna be a little bit more which normally normally i'm not a dlc guy we've talked about this before oh, when the, the, game's, done, yeah. when the game's done when the game's done it's done but the this this game was so good and the writing was so top-notch i'm i'm like ready for more i'm, I'm still hungry when i finished it I, I wanted more so i'm happy that there will be a little bit more to satisfy that craving
1: Interesting. Well, you said 15 hours. I'm assuming you've taken the indecisive route because it seems like uh, most folks are wrapping her up under eight. So uh, you're out there. Yeah. You're citizens sleeping on it. You're out there snoozing. <laughs> I, I I
0: did make – I had a decision uh, in an ending that I felt was very appropriate to myself, but I kept going after that because, you know, we get curious. We, 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 we want to see those other endings and, you know, mm-hmm. when you – well, I'm not gonna say that when you attach an achievement to an ending. I'm not
1: curious to go get some other achievements at the same time. I so it was you. a two for one. It's a two for one. Makes sense. All right. Very good, Citizen Sleeper. And that one came out. That, that's a 2022? 2022. Twenty twenty two. that's out very fresh. Very recently. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I brought up the year because my next game fits into the challenge. I had to go hunting. I wanted oh. to start knocking off some of those early 80s games for me. Well, not mid-80s. 85 would be the first year. That's the year I was born. And, you know, it turns out I don't have a ton of games from 1985. I mean, the NES, yeah. not a ton there. Uh, we're looking at 86 for a lot of my U.S. stuff. I had to go over to the Famicom, and mm. I had to find a game that actually was... Uh, made and released on arcades in 1983 came out on the Famicom in 85 it's called Exerion E X E R I O N and that sounds like the name of a game if you needed to make up a yeah, game right. name
0: for like a movie that where there were no licensing disputes you would name it Exerion
1: 100% I agree with you in fact I I uh I used my collection app and sorted by year of release to find everything oh, and when smart. I when I saw this game I was like, wait, I have this? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I had it, okay? And I don't have that many uh... Famicom games, so it was, I was like, I don't even know how this got in my house. I'll have to look at my records. But uh, evidently, I got it for a reason, because I'm, I'm much more picky about the, the Famicom games that I get, because I'm, I'm trying to get things I can play, right? I don't want to just... I, I'm not going to take the time to learn Japanese, right? We got it. We yeah. have to. They have to be English friendly. So anyway, uh, Exerion is a shoot-'em-up that uh, oh. it's kind of a – I don't even really know what the view is. I mean, it's close to top down. It's It's got a real Galaga feel, okay? And it's it's interesting because it's gimmick – it has kind of two gimmicks going for it, and you have to – you have to understand that it's very primitive for its time. It's this, this is early 80s NES ports, essentially. Yeah. And uh, it's, it uses parallax scrolling as one of its gimmicks. And so the levels are constantly doing the parallax. So it's like Galaga with a background, essentially, that's okay. always moving, always moving around. And the enemies are coming down from the screen. It even has bonus stages like Galaga. Okay. Uh, but it also has momentum. And so one of the things you have to be mm. weary of is you're, as you're slinging yourself side to side on the screen, you got to really you know, take some c- care and some control of when you're turning back. Now, the game doesn't have, I mean, it probably has a kill screen, but it loops after 10 stages. So that's when I yeah. called her done. And the, yeah. the difficulty goes up at, at that next level. But once I once I eclipsed the, the refresh, uh, I called her good. And in that way, it's not too difficult for a shooter. And I, I like that. I like a shooter yeah. that's, I don't have to like go to shooter college to beat. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it's so true. So uh, this one was actually really fun. Uh, I can't imagine it's one that a lot of people can just get their hands on unless they emulate. But I think it's it's worth a look because it, I was impressed with how uh, early, you know, it came out. It's a shooter. It somehow n- it never came to North America. I don't know why. It seems like it would have been fine to. Uh, mm. But it was super fun. It's kind of addictive. Ah, a little bit of an uh
0: what, obscure jasper here? Yeah, I would say an obscure jasper for sure, bud. Yeah. All right. Good to know the old wish list is being opened as we speak. Good Paul, good job finding a 1985 game. I tell ya, I'm glad I'm a little tiny baby. I'm <laughs> I'm the target market for Mario Superstar Baseball, so I don't have to go back that that
1: far. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of uh, what's targeted for you, I mean, I know you beat some games that were uh, maybe a little more from your high school era here. The the on the old Advance, maybe middle school. I don't know how old you are. What are you? Thirteen? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm whatever the minimum age is
0: for you to legally podcast. Uh, but we should double check <laughs> that because those those laws change all the time. Now I, we we popped in some Game Boy Color love. Uh, Again, on the stream, did a little Mega Man Extreme and Mega Man Extreme 2, which, oh man, if you've never played them, they're phenomenal. Uh, These are ports, and (laughs) port is the wrong word. It's hard to figure out exactly what they are, but port is the closest uh, of the Mega Man X games uh, from Super Nintendo down to the Game Boy Color. And I say that they're not exact ports because they feature... The same music, but, you know, redone using the Game Boy Color sound chip. Uh, And they feature some of the same bosses, but they're kind of mixed and matched. So, like, the first Mega Man Extreme game, you play, you've had to fight four bosses before you ultimately go through the Sigma stages and things. But those four bosses, I think three of them are from the original Mega Man X, and one of them is from Mega Man X 2. And, uh, and then in Extreme 2, it's like there's a couple more Mega Man X's and then a couple Mega Man X3 bosses. So it's... They basically made like the greatest hits of Mega Man X stages and bosses that they wanted to throw you into. But man, I gotta say, in terms of ports, it's 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 a tall ask to port a game like Mega Man X, which I think is one of the greatest games ever mm-hmm. made. Feels good, sounds good, plays amazing. Mm-hmm. But man, these these are rock-solid versions of these games. Like music was was on fire the the controls which seems like the thing that they would mess up the most translating them to this the Game Boy Color yeah they felt smooth they felt fast they felt snappy I was able to do all the same like dashes and jumps and wall hops and all that stuff that you would do my muscle memory from playing Mega Man X kicked in and was applicable to a lot of these stages in extreme which I think is like a very very strong testament to how well they're done and yeah for sure extreme Two just kind of like takes everything the first one does, and it makes it even, like, a little bit smoother, a little bit prettier. They're just, all in all, great, great little obscure Jaspers, I think, on that Game Boy Color. They they were a ton of fun, and both of them are, are packed with content. When you beat the first Mega Man Extreme, you know, you played the four bosses, you go up against Sigma, you see who made it, and then they say, hey, why don't you play hard mode? Hard mode is just four new stages with four new bosses. Like Holy it's crap. just, it's just a second game. It's like, Oh, you beat the game. You unlocked you beat Mario. You unlocked lost levels. Like you can just go play that now. It's like, that's hot awesome. Diggity, hot diggity dang. And then extreme two does the same thing. Extreme two. You can play as zero or X. They also unlock a bunch of new stages at the end. It's just, both of them
1: are very, very good. That's awesome! Yeah, I I popped into your stream when you were playing that. Got to hear that music, and my gosh, it's down. It still sounded great. I mean, you can yeah. still you can tell it was a few notches fidelity wise down, but that still has mm-hmm. a good warm feel to it. You know? Yep. It's uh, it's really really good. I was impressed, and our pal Snestronk even hopped in there and was like, "What?" Because yeah. <laughs> he had been kind of avoiding those, uh, not realizing that they were actually of any quality. So look there. Yeah. Great stuff. So,
0: highly recommend that. However, you can play them. Check out the Mega Man Extreme games;
1: they're very good. Awesome. Or uh, here's one that's I think m- the more interesting game that I played and beat. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop another obscure Jasper in here. And I didn't I didn't intend to set out to just play shooters. Uh, it's not my genre at all. I don't yeah. consider myself skilled in any way. Sh- shooter people kind of scare me. Because there's some people that, you ever played a shooter and you're like, nobody could beat this. And then you go online and you're like, several people have in fact beaten this. That's insane. These people are like a beautiful mind after beautiful mind. Yeah. Um, well, I tend to find the ones that are easy. And Platypus is an easy one. So if you, mm. if you own a PSP, I think that's the only place that game came out. I might be mistaken. I could maybe look it up here. But um, it oh. is it is a, a neat looking, uh, horizontally scrolling shooter that is it has a claymation aesthetic everything looks clay and i was a little worried that that would make it kind of slow and and i don't even like sticky like not even because yeah. it's clay but like i just imagine like you're gonna throw some extra animation in there and make it look cute so you're probably looking at some sacrifice but no smooth as butter super duper fun not one of those games that's going to punish you if i mean it's it's very welcoming to novice shooter shooters like myself and uh just like six levels i think 30 stages total and man i had a lot of fun with it It took me a couple nights uh to get through but pretty good it has a, a kind of a neat gimmick where um and again i don't beat enough shooters to know if this is even a thing that a lot of them do but i appreciated it for this one if you beat uh for every stage that you beat you get an extra life Oh, and every level. So there was like six stages, or five. It was five stages for every level. Uh, Is that if that makes sense? So six total levels, five stages each. If you beat an entire level, if you beat the boss of that level, you got an extra continue. So as you went, you kind of traded off. And so uh, as I went, you know, I might lose a few lives, but you know, if I beat beat that level, I get an extra one. If I beat the boss, man, now I've got another continue. As I go into the next stage, I really like that system. I was like, man, I wish more games did that because uh, you, if nothing's worse. Then burning through some continues and some lives on a boss and knowing that you're only halfway through the game. And he's like, well, I'm yeah, done. I'm no coast. shot I'll ever
0: get through this. I lost. No, I'm just in the slow process of losing over the next 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, But, man, if you just got like, hey, congratulations, you just earned a continue. It's like, okay, now I've earned, in this game, I think it's four lives. Uh, that I can burn, just trying to keep going and staying alive. I thought that was good. It's like getting an air bubble uh, in Sonic when you're about like din, 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 din. <laughs> like it's like it's like yes, oh, I get to live a little longer. So it was great. Platypus, uh, a game I had, I picked up. I don't even, th- I don't know where I fucking got this game. I just saw it on my shelf and was like, I've been meaning to try what this is. So you keep, you're nodding. Have you have you heard of this? You activated something in my lizard brain. I'd forgotten about this game,
0: but when you started talking about, it, I was like. I have this game, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I've beaten this game." Oh, you've beaten that platypus! But I, I had lost much of the memory of it, so I'm on my backlog right here, and I want to know if this is because I still don't remember much other than claymation shooter, which is sort of like the the pitch of it. I don't remember a lot of the minute to minute, but my note was, this was a very cool and very novel shoot 'em up, but there were a couple of execution flaws, namely, why would you have clouds covering half of most of the maps? Do you remember what that means? Did you encounter that issue at all?
1: Nah, nah, I I don't remember having a real beef with clouds, I'll admit. Nah,
0: maybe uh, I was just being a bit of a cloud baby at the time.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I did happen to look here, and it looks like it came out on a few other things other than the PSP, so maybe it's less, or maybe it's a little bit more known than I think it is, but it is on some hmm. obscure shit. Like, uh, outside of uh, the PSP and the 360, which I assume it probably was download only, uh, yeah. It came out on uh, th- these. I don't even know if you have any of these. It came out on the Symbian. That's, that's a monkey. That's not even a game system. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it came out on a monkey. It came out on the uh, the. It came out on Palm OS. It came out on okay. OS X. Mac OS X came out on Windows. It came out on the BlackBerry. Okay. <laughs> and iOS. So not uh, again. Not a very widely you know, available game, but yeah, I think it's worth people checking out. It's really neat on the PSP. Yeah.
0: I even though I don't really remember it, I was complimentary in my yeah. notes about beating this game. So I, I'll plus one that
1: recommendation for sure. Man, I get in here. I think I found a I think I found an obscure I'm like, Steve's never beaten this plat. He's never even heard of plat. But <laughs> like, no, I actually I beat it in two thousand and three.
0: I sometime between two thousand six and now. Ah. So all right. My final game, and this was part of my big, deal anniversary stream, I went and I beat Super Mario World. We did the 96 exits. Now, I would say, I I laid out a sketch for this Mm. anniversary stream. I said, you know what? We're going to kick her off with a little appetizer, some play date games. Mm. Then we're going to wind in. We did a tier list of every console, every handheld. And then the main attraction, boom, front and center, early evening, me versus Leah, Super Mario World race. She is unreasonably good at Super Mario World, and I am <laughs> garbage at Super Aww. Mario World. Aww. I don't know what it is. I'm so bad at Super Mario World that I had to schedule Super Meat Boy immediately following the race because I knew that I would do so bad. I'd need a confidence boost by playing Super Meat Boy to prove that I can still do platformers. But we did. We sat down. <laughs> we sat, we, we got, the, got the stream all set up. We had both screens going, did the race. She demolished me she she destroyed me, but I was pretty proud of myself that I was able to get through all 96 exits in under six hours. I mean, in in one big sitting, we managed to do it and I only need to ha- I only had to ask her one time to beat a level for me and I, she, she she beat me by like an hour and well, it looked like she beat me by less time because there was a little bit of confusion about one of the exits. but functionally, my Bowser and her Bowser were were an hour apart, and that is including several different times during the race where I was so far behind that she stopped, put the controller down, and said, "I'll go refill our coffees for us and she went upstairs <laughs> and refilled the coffees or would feed the cats for the evening and, and come back down and pick it up and that despite it all, it was never I was never even nipping on her heels the first the first level we were neck and neck, and then every level past that. It was just me trying not to sweat out of my eyes live on camera because she was she was taking me down a peg.
1: I did notice that she was much more interactive with chat during that race. Like she she felt free to look away and be like, "Oh yeah, that's f- for sure, guys." And yes. Steve's like, "Dang it! I keep oh dang, dang! Yeah. <laughs> Why kind do like I a, keep doing it? Why do I keep doing uh, it? Why?" Yeah, it's
0: like a vein in my forehead that's about to pop, and I'm like <laughs> desperately trying not to have a stroke because it's it's taking 103 percent of all of my mental capacity to play Mario World. I'm terrible at it, but um, oh man, we did it, we beat it.
1: Now I gotta ask did did uh, either of you do any warm ups beforehand? Did you catch her practicing upstairs? Was she punching some meat up in the living room, getting ready, <laughs> listening to some <laughs> I the Tiger, anything, or did she just come in cold and just whoop that no. ass?
0: She just came in cold and whooped <laughs> that. I had a little warm up because I had to get the stream set up. You know, I had to make mm. sure both those game captures were working. And you know what? Yeah, I maybe I lingered in the setup a little bit to get <laughs> things a little familiar for myself, but it didn't mean it didn't mean shit. I I got uh, wrecked.
1: That's uh you love to hear it. Um yeah. and it was very entertaining. <laughs> so I don't know if that becomes part of the tradition as well, but gosh dang, it is fun to watch.
0: I, right. I, I think we will absolutely do it again. People people seem to enjoy making fun of me and mm. uh, it seems appropriate to every at least once a year, throw yourself in the stocks and let
1: folks throw tomatoes at you. I think that's reasonable. Oh one hundred percent. All right. Well, uh, let's let's hop into some some beat tweets, folks. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see who's beating what out here. Uh, now this is the part of the show where if you want to get involved with this, you can beat your own games, first and foremost. Uh, and then take a screenshot of, of who made it there at the very end, the credit section. And take, a, take as many screenshots as you want, really gussy it up. And then you want to write a tweet. And uh, you can say, give a little review or something like that, what you think. Then you want to hashtag just beat it. It's just like that Michael Jackson song. It's just like it, except this is not about Michael Jackson, it's just about beating games. So hashtag just beat it. Make sure you at Polykill, very important, because there's a lot of folks out there, once again, uh, hashtagging for Michael Jackson Or because they whip some eggs up And they're cooking See a lot of just beat it's for eggs I don't know why that's a thing But I've seen it <laughs> So you need the at Polykill So Steve knows where to look And uh, and then if you do all that If you beat enough games You can be a Polykiller Like the folks are about to read out here Or if you re- if you write a good enough tweet If you script a tweet So gosh dang good Steve can't deny it We're going to read it out here anyway So we'll read it out here here in just a second But first Polykillers, folks that beat a whole, whole bunch of games. We got a runner up. Uh, we got uh, we got a pair of runner ups here, and you know, typically Steve, when I see a pair of runner ups, I'm thinking, well, they just beat three games. That's common, you know, two three yeah. game beaters. You know, that happens all the time. I'm seeing a few more than three here with these folks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they did pretty dang good. First up, we got them. N- not the first time we've mentioned him this ep. We got Weedo, who beat Prey. That's the 2006 version, the oh. true Prey.
1: Sure. Yep.
0: Fortnite kirby's star stacker kirby's superstar stacker <laughs> two different games sure and ducktales the the ridge ducktales the ridge so a nice healthy mix of retro uh he's doing some some mid 2000 aughts jank with prey and a Fortnite dub i believe that Fortnite dub was he was just testing out the game to see if it was like age appropriate for his kid and he's like, I'm so gosh dang good. I just I just landed the dub on my trial run. What can you do?
1: Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That that happens. That happens. Man, good job out there. Uh, our, he, he's tied uh with our pal Bad Times Good Times. Bad times good times. Who finished Sniper Elite 5, a game I'm really looking forward to playing? Uh Aperture Desk Job. Halo Combat Evolved. Halo 5 super hot mind control delete a lot of good stuff out there love every one of those
0: rocking some halos and some other interesting stuff good times yeah uh, bad
1: times (laughs) well well
0: (laughs) yeah i always gotta wonder which one of these games were the bad times hopefully not sniper elite 5 for your sake oh yeah i know who's taking home the gold tonight we got we got our boy scotch and hobbies coming in and he is not even making it close if if these folks were our Super Mario World racers, Scotch and Hobbies would be the Leah and Weido in Bad Times, Good Times would be the Steves, okay? Because Scotch and Hobbies came back with a vengeance. He was saying he, he took a little bit of a vacay from the games for a while. He beat Elden Ring and he was like, mm-hmm. that's a big boy. Yeah. You know what? I just gotta I just gotta rest up, recuperate, recover a little bit. But I what? tell you, when he comes back, he comes back.
1: I know he beat Elden Ring so hard he quit his job after that. That's yeah. how intense yeah. Elden Ring was for this guy. But he came back, like you said, with a vengeance. Beat a whole bunch of games. Yeah,
0: not messing around. So he Saskatchewan Hobbies beat blasphemous zero degrees, Donut County, Sayonara Wild Hearts. What what? The Pathless, Doki Doki Literature Club, Team Sonic Racing, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three Nemesis. The Resident Evil 3 Remake, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, and Goat Simulator. That is a resume that I just cannot help but respect, huh?
1: Damn. Man, I love a guy that beats the OG RE3 and then says, you know what? I want to beat the new one too, just to compare. Yep. I don't have enough gumption in my God-given balls to sit through and be scared by the same game twice. I just don't. I know. <laughs> Even if it is a little different, I just can't do it. I'd be like, "Nah, nah." You know what? One, having that guy chase me around once was good. I think I'm I'm going to pass. <laughs> yep, I I'm all set with that. So
0: scotch and hobbies, good job, well done. But you know what? We've got we've got some tweets here to read. We've got yes, got some beautifully written, concise, short reviews, recommendations, etc. Starting with our boy JJS Boyce. Boyce. Beat Donut County. That's that's his 2018 game, by the way. I'm loving all these people that put the year Mm -hmm. in their beat tweets. Makes me proud. Me too. Says, Donut County, brilliant gameplay mechanics, which you would think someone would have come up with before. Katamari (laughs) vibes and a charmingly weird cast of characters and story. Currently on sale, so go grab it. I don't know if the timeline of that sale recommendation holds up. But it does go on sale quite often. You can usually get this game for pretty cheap. And it's a, it's a nice, short, comfy beat, so I do highly recommend this one.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. Uh, but either way, yeah, go oh, get yeah. it. Move your hole around. Get some stuff in it. Yep. <laughs> Next up, Weedo just beat Prey 2006. A, a, a FPS you should play if you like retro-style shooters. Decent enough story. Fun puzzles with gravity portals and leaving your body as a spirit ost is pretty okay and above all it doesn't waste your time like shooters from that era liked to do just good to know like a game that just doesn't it just respects me in my time yes very much so
0: also very rarely in my life do i do i truly feel myself aging in real time but i gotta admit it hurts a little i remember buying prey 2006 you know on launch day playing that thing and here, we know is calling it a retro style shooter. Mm. It, uh, knocks the wind out of you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he ain't wrong. I know, I know. Next up, we got another boys' tweet. Boys! It says, Star Horizon 2020 on Switch. This is one of the giveaway games from No Gravity Games last December. Hey, thanks. I haven't played an on-rail shooter since Star Fox 64, and it's pretty cool that the on-rails gameplay element has an in-universe explanation.
1: I had never heard of this one. Have
0: you heard of Star Horizon before?
1: I th- honestly think I have, mm. uh, but just because I've heard of it doesn't mean I know shit. He's lying to you all.
0: He's the little jelly that I had heard of platypus,
1: and so now he's. Trying to pretend that it knows Star Horizon. All right. I think it came through on a beat tweet. I think. I, that doesn't mean anything. Some, <laughs> somebody else. Been, I've seen these screens before. Yeah. But no, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> that is cool. I, I love a little good on rail shooter, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we got Caleb J. Ross. It's hard to see, so you'll have to trust me, but I just beat Sea of Solitude, meaning for two years in a row, I've beaten ocean-themed games during my ocean vacation, and in both cases... The games were pretty mediocre. <laughs> well, I hope his vacation Aww. was at least good. I play. I thought Sea of Solitude was a little mediocre myself. If, if
0: the lack of any kind of smile coming off this man in the reflection of his switch is any indication, he is not having a great vacation either.
1: No, I can see a little bit of a frown actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: we're here for you, Caleb. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, here we got the poly himself, Scotch and Hobbies. Who says? After a much-needed hiatus after Elden Ring, I came back to gaming with Blasphemous, and I just beat it. Wow, what a game! One of the best Metroidvania's—I think you meant gated exploration—games <laughs> sure I've did. ever played. I never felt truly lost, but holy hell, this was a challenge. Highly recommend. This is one that I've been—I've been making excuses uh, for a long time. You know, I just keep saying like, oh, I should really play Blasphemous. I should really play Blasphemous, but. At some point, it's going to be a decade, and I will have not played Blasphemous, so yet another person making me feel guilty for not getting to it, but I'm glad
1: you liked it, Scotch and I feel the same way about this game and about 200 others, so, yep. Yeah, so true. I do want to play this one, though. Uh, Up next, we got Matthew Pike at Dewar underscore Roa. My turn for Elden Ring, 120 hours, but we made it. Now I wonder how much I didn't see in this blind playthrough. Should I go for a platinum? I do miss other games, though which is a sentiment you hear a lot when people beat elden ring they're like oh man i i miss my family and games and daylight yeah, uh.
0: <laughs> yeah there's a real blinking back into existence effect that happens <laughs> that just disorients you for a little while yeah all right we've got one here from leonardo Sepulveda, aka at Pobra who says hola polykill i just beat it tetris attacked for the super nintendo I don't really play puzzle games, but I loved every bit of this one. It was hard for me to get the hang of, but by the end, I was getting lots of combos and chains, and it felt really good. My 1996 beat for the challenge. Heck yeah, man. Good job. 96, as we've talked about before, can be a bit of a slim year, so finding (laughs) a game in there that you want to play,
1: well done. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's no 1994 for sure. But uh, yeah, good job on that one. Up next, we got our pal Frankie, Viper Strike. Uh, this is the 17th game he's beaten this year, uh, indicated by the game number 17 there on the, on the old tweet. Ghostwire Tokyo. This was a really fun time. Unsettling enemies, a simple yet touching story, and roaming Tokyo with some cool-ass elemental powers made this a fantastic Super Natch experience three trophies left for plat baby another one of those trophy hunter types you guys are just all crazy
0: i know i know in fact i responded to his tweet and i was pointing out that you only get a bronze trophy for beating this game come on show show me a little more respect than that seriously that i've never even heard of that i don't think but yeah wow that's that's insulting now Ghostware tokyo this is what i'm gonna put my my flag in the ground now I need to play this game by the end of the year because I think this is one of those games that if I haven't played it come game of the year time, I'm going to be mad at myself. Yeah, seems like it'd be right up my alley. So thank you for the nudge, uh, Frankie, and uh, hopefully I can play it soon. But we've got one here from Bad Times at Bad Times GT. Says, just beat it, Sniper Elite 5. Really fun co-op beat. Cross-platform between PC and Xbox worked like a charm. The game itself feels like Splinter Cell 1944. Nothing new. (laughs) But what it does feels pretty darn, or what it does, it does pretty darn well. Going to get some more achievements before setting it down. I'm glad that it's good. You know, having never played a Sniper Elite game, I feel like saying Splinter Cell 1944, I instantly
1: know what you mean and what this game is like. Yep, yep. Procedural shooting men in the balls from far away. That's <laughs> what yeah. that means. Yeah, yeah pretty awesome hitting them in the jimmies <laughs> up next we got top spot one two three and again folks if your game room looks like shit and you're like man this game room looks like shit go check out this youtube channel by top spy because he's got some tricks of the trade he'll get your game room looking a little less like shit probably very neat and orderly and uh he might even he's got that minimalist approach he might, that might even rub off yep. on you a little bit it doesn't mean though i love clutter yeah, uh, he's, he's doing good Yeah, he's doing great out there There, uh, He says, there are no perfect games But I love physics platformers so much Unravel 2 (laughs) is a nearly perfect game for me And we just beat it I love these games and exclusively played this co-op with my niece Whenever she visited over the last two years Which makes this beat even better Man, a two-year beat in the making I love to hear that Uh, that, uh, What a great game to do it with, man This looks so freaking good Uh, Yarny, just a cute bugger
0: Yeah, these these are great. Very, very fun. great co-op decision with you and your niece. Top spot, I enjoy. Next up here, we've got Mr. Mullet Gaming at Mr. Mullet Gaming, who just beat Ghosts and Goblins' true ending. With no save states or rewind features were used. This dusty old game is beyond broken. In the 25 (laughs) hours I put into this game, I'm still trying to figure out if I accomplished anything. I need a strong drink. Now, I'm going to... I'm gonna have to throw this one to you. I have never played Ghosts and Goblins proper, but I am a very, very big defender of Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Is this one as, as as rough as
1: he's saying? It's it's mean. It's okay. it's <laughs> mean. <laughs> I right. mean, you, you and I can't remember if this is true for Super Ghosts and Goblins, but the NES one infamously you have to beat it twice to beat it, and so uh, that's a it's a yeah. one sitting just abuse of you and your time and your brain and your reflexes so uh to to wrap it up is that's a notch in the old belt and i want to point out mr mullet it was in the discord talking about it. he listed off four really tough games he wanted to hone in on and beat and uh he's he's just been he, he didn't have a lot of confidence going in but man, he's been banging them out you know i think i can't remember if, if contra was on the list, i don't know if he's beating that one yet but this one was on there and i was like well pff, that's gonna be the tough one and he's already he's yeah. already beating it so good for him way to be yeah, up next we got our pal Matt Waters at Muddy River sixty eight. He says I just beat it NBA two k. Oh, I love a sports just beat. Thank you for putting this in here, Steve. I really appreciate it. Uh, wow, this stuff. This is so nostalgic. Um, he just beat NBA two k, the one that started the basketball juggernaut. Being generous, it's a little rough around the edges, but I still had a bass. Uh, I still had a blast playing it. It was <laughs> great. It was great reliving this game I spent hours on as a kid. First beat on my new to me. Dreamcast. I mean, congrats on a new Dreamcast, bud, yes. and congrats for taking us. I mean, I just, I love, I love a guy that just puts in a sports game and plays through a season or through the playoffs because yep. sports were a big part of my life, especially as an adolescent. And there's an era of sports that were captured in in video games that I can I can almost time travel just putting one in. Even just hearing like the menu music, like oh, so good. So hats off, Matt Waters.
0: Yeah. Very, very exciting. And love love that you got a new Dreamcast. Please, keep those tweets flowing. I, I'm i always here for a Dreamcast beat tweet. Mm-hmm. Get that, get that Shenmue, do a little wharf Karate. A little Worf Karate. You know who's not doing any wharf Karate? It's Church, the game grinder. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Church, if you are doing wharf Karate, I'm sorry that I <laughs> slandered your name. <laughs> He says, a throwback game in the style of Castlevania 2 and Zelda 2, but only their best qualities. It has fun gameplay, some great funny moments, and an awesome OST to top it off. I got the ultimate good ending and beat it on classic. Do play. Uh, this is one, nothing, but, uh, nothing but praise from a lot of people I respect. Infernax definitely seems like one that I need to check out, and I'm glad that uh, Church
1: enjoyed. Heck yeah, man. That looks... Man, just the aesthetic of that screenshot looks like something that hollers at me. Hollering all mm-hmm. at me. Up next, we got VR 45 our good pal. Uh, he says, Monopoly on Switch uh, It took us an excruciating one hour and 40 minutes in a game where one of my friends was out after half an hour, and it took me the rest of the game to defeat my other friend. 97% RNG, 3% quote-unquote tactic. Hate Monopoly, glad we're now all sick of it <laughs> uh, a good you don't see a mini misery beat tweet so this is one i just no. i kind of have to enjoy Yep, i
0: i just love the image of them all sitting around and they all just want to stop they're like well we already like we can tell who's gonna win in virus like if we don't see this through to the end <laughs> honorably i can't write the beat tweet so you sit your ass back down in that recliner and you play another round of monopoly
1: Oh, I love that too. Yeah, just forcing forcing the credits uh, at your friend's expense. Gotta love that.
0: We've got one here from our buddy round 2 gaming at round underscore two underscore gaming over here doing that video game library action. Oh, no my rockin', God, it's so good. rocking that website so resources, good. all those gaming books, please go check out the video game library, folks. It is incredible. And the fact that uh Dean here has taken any time to write up and play to play a game and write up a beat tweet is incredible because that man is busy with all the work <laughs> he's doing over there. No joke. But he says I started up Point P from Ojiro Fumoto after work today and I had a blast. A steady feeling of progression the whole way through and some fun experimentation trying to get the best loadouts recommended. Good stuff I think. If I'm not mistaken Point P this is like the game from one of the Netflix game studios. It is it is tied to Netflix in some way um, in their like foray into video game development. So uh cool to see and uh, i'm glad that you recommend it round two oh,
1: heck yeah I never even heard of it but it looks cute mm-hmm. all right up next we have we have one that's a little bit different than the rest this one actually comes via email and it'll make sense why shortly <laughs> hey trav and steve my kids and i listen to every episode yes my kids 10 7 5 and 2 and then he tells us to shut up. And I'm wondering if it's because we're going to be like, wow, four kids. Or if we're going to be like, oh, no, you let our, you let your kids listen to our podcast? i said the F word three times. Yeah, he uh, has but, to explain what a B-hole is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, he says, uh, my oldest, Rivers, just told me that he beat Mario Tennis Aces and wanted me to send in a beat tweet a couple of problems, he missed the part about getting a screenshot, and also, I don't have Twitter. So, here's the quote-unquote beat tweet for Rivers Jordan from Louisiana beating the latest installment of the Mario Tennis franchise. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Goove and Goove, thanks for letting us know. That's awesome. Loving that the, the kids are getting in there, beating on some games, seeing who made it. Mario Tennis Aces? that's not, not an all-easy, it's not an easy game. I mean, not for me. I don't understand tennis is probably my problem, but fun? Heck yeah. I mean if it follows in the Mario uh Superstar
0: Baseball lineage, it's essentially the Dark Souls of sports games. So I'm even <laughs> more proud of you Rivers.
1: Way to be. That's a, that's a good proud beat. Heck yeah, man. But yeah, thank you Goov and thank you Rivers for uh listening and keep on beating on. Awesome. Heck yeah. Okay, now Steve, <laughs> we're going to take a uh, we're going to move on from an email from uh I, what hmm. I can imagine is the sweetest family in louisiana and we're going to move into uh you scalding my behind
0: uh,
1: <laughs> i thought he was going to try to
0: transition right into the discussion i was like ha, fool i saw your God, eyes get getting big they like, so easy i'm like don't worry i'm making my way over to the seat yeah he's he's doing it on his own time sit down and singe buddy <sighs> all, all right, right. First one up. If you were dropped deep into that Alaskan wilderness and you had to survive as long as possible, how do you think you'd eventually die? Probably
1: saying cowabunga. I would. <laughs> <laughs> that would be miserable. I would just immediately burn all my cowabungas in one sitting.
2: <laughs> cowabunga! Cowabunga! cowabunga. <laughs>
1: Uh, which is of course a callback but uh but no i'll I'll give you a real (laughs) answer i'll give you a real answer um we're out we're out in the woods it's i mean honestly i think you know uh, the it's the weather that's going to get me i think i'm smart enough to, to stay away from predators i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get myself in too much trouble but i am not You know, despite the fact that I have a PhD in engineering, I can't build a stack of rocks. (laughs) There's no way I'm going to have any shelter out there unless I just find a an old bus in the woods, like that dude that actually did die in the Alaskan wilderness died uh, in the what is it called in the wild or whatever. Um, If I get lucky enough to find an old bus, we might we might make it a week. Otherwise, I'm just going to (laughs) freeze to death night one if I don't cowabunga myself to death first. (sighs) <sighs> trying to get your cowbungas out in time to end it honorably on your own terms, but your
0: teeth are chattering too much from the cold. Oh, it's brutal. That, that is a sad image right there. All right. Next up, a little lighter, a little lighter in tone. What's the last song or tune that you had stuck in your head?
1: Oh. So... Last night, uh, well, no, it may wasn't last night, but it was the, maybe the other day in the old Discord, we were discussing uh, amongst a few of us uh, who are going to go see Weird Al uh, later oh, this fall. Nice. And uh, it's going to be like a small little meetup for a few of us in the Discord. And it got to talk we got to talking about Weird Al, and we got to talking about how uh, a couple of times on past Drunk Friend episodes, when Alex is, it, he does, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes he's like, hey, man, uh, just I, I, I gotta go pee, I'll be right back And I'm like, I'm just gonna keep recording And then I <laughs> take that opportunity To just sing some Weird owl. And it's usually mm. Driving a truck, driving, a, you know, with my high heels on And as I was yep. reading that I, was, I recalled that And got that song stuck in my own head I was like, because sometimes I sing this song And I thought of the song And now for, we're going on two days I'll just be by myself Maybe you hear a distant bird chirp Nothing else going on and just my heart is pounding. Driving a truck, driving a <laughs> big old truck, and I, I just I can't <laughs> kick it. So I don't even know what the uh, name of that song is. I think it's driving a truck with my high heels on or something like that. But
0: I respect it. Weirdly, it gets stuck in my head quite often. So I uh, I respect that one quite a bit. Good, good what he good does. Stuff. All right, next up here. How long can a YouTube video be before it makes you start crying? Oh my
1: gosh. How long is that game room tour? Jeez, an hour thirty-nine? <laughs> uh, I uh Man, it's weird. I I think, you know, I can listen to a book or a podcast at a at a, a advanced speed and I don't have to look at those things. So yeah. I'm good with those. But for some reason, I have um some some very advanced ADHD. And, you know, if you catch me on, you know, right in the morning after I've taken my pill that calms me down, gets me focused. I can watch that video without blinking for five hours. <laughs> All right.
2: All right, we're All right. good.
1: Uh, but on a typical, like, if you just if you just woke me up and drug me down and put me in front of it, at about seven minutes in, I'm tapping the desk. I'm going out. Get me out. I can't handle it anymore. Seven, yeah, <laughs> ten minutes is, is pushing it. Unless it's something like... You know, something that I absolutely have to know, I'm going to have a hard time focusing. And there's even some part, like at around the eight-minute mark, where I'm focusing on how I'm not focusing. Oh, and yeah. I'm not, and yeah. then I'm just bouncing. I'm just bouncing. So I don't know. I don't do great with that. I don't do great with movies unless I'm, uh, you know, medicated or whatever. So not far. Uh, now, well, you said until I start crying. Um, I mean, at eight minutes, I'm not paying attention. But if you force me to sit there, I would on a, maybe maybe 40 minutes. There's I'm welling up pretty good. Yeah, that makes sense. That I knew
0: I knew you'd be a little bit of a little bit of a crybaby about oh, it. So sure. much so that I think at the front, I even I even called out people like you and I mm-hmm. said, if you don't like this, well, that's not my problem. You can no. you can stop no. liking this whenever you want
1: to, but. Uh, uh, yeah. no i loved every minute of it i mean i gave you a hard time but i i appreciate a good you know i don't want to see i don't want to see an hour and a half game room tour that's that sucks you know <laughs> there's Who so does? many of those <laughs> but there's so many of those it's not like they suck because they have bad games but the presentation can be in such a way that it doesn't hold my attention but you i mean you're very fluid you're like a one take man running through there. i mean you stopped a couple times there are a couple cuts but Ah, uh, you had That's you true. had me all the way, and I did speed you up to one point two five, and it has taken me three days that I'm not finished. But I'm just saying, I I tried, buddy. Yeah, I
0: I I appreciate you, and I'm not even offended that you sped it up because honestly, folks who listen to this podcast will know I've I've got the sort of meandering pauses in my in my thoughts and stuff i'm just a human that benefits from people speeding me up to
1: 1.25 i think i just
0: perform better if you speed me up to 1.25 so i appreciate it
1: i mean both of us are pretty edited on this podcast i admit I, i take out a lot of our quirks we both have something uh that we do that i almost i try to remove as many of them as i can uh you have a false start in the middle of your sentences so when you're talking, you'll, you'll start, start talking, and you'll be like, and and, and, and then you, you'll keep going. So you kind of have like a little hitch in your giddy-up, whereas yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm kick-starting a motorcycle. When I start talking, there's about four words I always start with, and none of them go in my sentence. I'll be like, yeah, and it's, and it's you know, and basically, <laughs> before I, my thoughts are revving up. So I try to trim all that shit down so we sound so smart. It's mm. working. People think we're geniuses. Yeah, that's we get a lot of emails that just say, you guys are geniuses. So. I know. We have to delete Thank them because, all. yeah, it's just too many.
0: All right. So uh, we must be on the same state of mind. I don't know if it's something from the Discord or what, but we're both kind of in this similar similar arena in terms of questions here. Do you have anything about you... That is stereotypically adulty or homeownery. That just gets you jazzed up, just gets you excited. So, like, you know, you getting get a new appliance or a fresh, fresh cut grass, and you look out at that lawn, and you're like, "It's crispy, buddy." What What is that stereotypical thing that just gets your gets your juices flowing? I
1: mean, you nailed it. It's the lawn. I just it's the lawn, and it's not even that great of a lawn. I just make it short <laughs> every couple days, and yep. uh, our, our front door, I, I've only recently became aware that I do this because I started noticing that none of my neighbors do this. But our front door, we have a big, um, our front door is just like a glass door. So we have like a big door that we open and there's like a glass door that keeps everybody else in that we can look out of. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know how doors are. And yeah. uh, our cat looks out of it. And I just catch myself just standing there just admiring the yard after I mow it. Just like holding coffee, like looking back and forth, being like, yeah, we needed that good. Oh, that looks good right there. Trim the, yes. trim that edge. Dang. And sometimes I, I say out loud and don't even catch myself doing like, man, God mowed this yard. fucking cute, right? I bet he's handsome. <laughs> and my wife's like, are you admiring the yard to yourself again? Like, no. What, was I talking out loud again? Evidently, it happens a lot, where I just start complimenting myself about the yard you deserve that compliment
0: buddy all right yeah. I I'm not ashamed to admit it I won't admire it alone I'll call Leah over and I'll just stand at that back porch door and I'll be like what you look look how good that looks look how just crisp that looks it's like you know when you go to get a haircut in the world you know back when most of us weren't just getting haircuts at home when you would go to a place to get a haircut and you first get the haircut and you're like I the, f- the next time I shower, it's never going to look this good again. <laughs> this I have to keep this as long as possible. That's what that yard looks like post-mow. Mm. I just want to keep that fresh cut.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so good, especially after it's been raked. Oh, it looks great. And the funniest thing, my wife was commented that she kind of like snuck into the kitchen behind me when I was doing one of my admiration speeches. And mm. uh, it was actually before I mowed, and I was talking to the cat, apparently, and I was like, I was like, hey, man, somebody needs to get out there and mow that yard. I think it's your turn. Nah, no, just kidding. I'll do it because I do it so good. <laughs> like <I> was, <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? Why do you do that? Like, I don't know. I love the yard. And I love the cat. Leave me alone. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I'll do it. You're a cat right. and I'm a grown man and I do it probably a lot better than you do. So,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll take this shift. Don't worry. You can get yeah. the next one. <laughs> yeah, you, go, you got it, bud. You got it. You got it. All right. Last one for you here. What's one thing that you miss about the world before the Internet? What's something you look back on and you're like, you know, the Internet's helped a lot. We can get podcasts out
1: there, but we lost this in the process. Oh, I think that's an easy one. Get lost. Nothing. Nothing (laughs) Remember when you used to get lost and then you were just like, let's just go to this restaurant. I mean, we're already over here. You know, we'll figure yes. out where to go later. And you discovered all kinds of stuff when you were lost. Now people, they figured out exactly where they need to go. And that's so annoying. Get lost every now and then. One of my yeah. favorite things to do when I go to, if I have to visit a city for a conference or for work, is, uh, you know, walk out of the hotel, phone in my pocket. Now, I'm, I'm trying to, to stay weary of my surroundings, but I like to just take off walking and not really intentionally get lost, but just kind of go and see where I end just, up. Just wander. I love that, and I feel like we don't get to do that enough with the, with the internet. and And remember, remember just not knowing an answer, and you're like, ah, and you just make a lie. You'd be like, ah, I guess, uh, I guess Tommy Lee Jones was Indiana Jones. That makes sense, right? Both were Joneses.
0: I guess he was. There's no way
1: to find out. I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to go watch the movies to find
0: out and to go look in the encyclopedias in the library? No. You're just going to trust me. This, yeah, is, and just this would, is how it always was.
1: Just how rumors would get certain
0: people would be like,
1: I grew up thinking that Tommy Lee Jones was in Indiana Jones until I was 15 because some guy said it. And I had no way of verifying that information. Unless, I again, watch the mm-hmm. movies. Ah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. I'm with stuff. you. I'm with
0: you. So, so you, you did all right. Not too hot. I think, I think that those cheeks
1: probably will survive. Uh, they'll live to see another day. They better because I need them. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Up Next, we got a quick email here. This is a bit of an appetizer. This comes through the Patreon from uh, JJS Boys. Boys. He has a question for us. He says, uh, hey, listener question for Trav and Steve. In the last episode, you talked about your gaming shames, and one of you mentioned being a little too late to Ocarina of Time and not being able to get into it. This made me want to ask about any experiences you had where certain titles were exactly the right game at exactly the right time for your life. For me, it was playing Metal Gear Solid shortly after getting the PS1 in high school. It was one of my first 3D experiences and the first fully voiced game I'd encountered. I remember feeling like I'd grown up and gaming had unexpectedly grown up with me. It was very interesting. What's your take on that? That's a good question there. And I have an
0: easy answer for this. It's like th- this question was written for one experience in my life. And that that game is Final Fantasy X. So I got Final Fantasy X for, for Christmas. And I was a little late to to RPGs. I'm not ashamed to admit. It wasn't until late PS1 that I really like got turn-based RPGs. By the time I did... We were at the point where most of the Final Fantasy games on PS1 were, you know, you could buy them greatest hits. They had already been selling for a while. And so I had just learned about these and I had binged all the Final Fantasies. I had played Chrono Cross. I had gone back to Super Nintendo and played Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG, tons of this. And I was looking for the next big thing. I got a PS2 for Christmas and Final Fantasy X, my first game for it, plugged it in. And it was like, it was basically telling me like. Hey, man, everything you love is so much bigger and better than you knew it could be. You're entering into the future. I remember my dad. I was laying on my bed and watching Final Fantasy X on the tube TV as the opening cinematic with like sin coming in and crashing into the city and stuff. And it's all this fancy water effects and things like that. And and my dad, who's not a very techie guy at all, he's very, very tech illiterate. He pushed back on getting a cell phone until like a few years ago. He was standing there. And he was just like, is that, are those, are those real people? How do they make, how do they make them look that good? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, amen, brother. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I'm feeling too. So yeah, it was definitely Final Fantasy X that was just like, it solidified my love for RPGs while simultaneously also like really showing me that, that visuals were going way, way beyond what I thought they were capable of, and it, like, I was full on... I think from that point, that was one of the key moments where, like, I was all in on games as, like, my my form of media uh, of choice, so.
1: Heck yeah. Wow. Alright, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I think for me, it's, mm. it's more about being excited about a game that had just come out in a genre that had always intimidated me, so, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, back when you could i don't know i think it might have been a demo i feel like there was i played a demo of it on xbox somehow before hmm. i bought it i don't know i don't remember if that's the thing that might just be a weird fever dream i'm having but i remember getting a little taste and i was like hmm. oh my god this is awesome i always thought that these games were like i don't know i just thought the games were already made for people who were generals in the army like most, i'm like you gotta know what you're doing <laughs> to figure these games out most most of them up to that time were just you know mostly PC-based or really were military games that I wasn't really interested in. And yeah. I got a taste of of that and I was like, oh, this is fucking cool, man. So when that game came out, I bought it, it as one of the few... I never buy games new, evidenced by this podcast, ever. I think twice I've done that, like Skyrim yeah. and this game. I was so excited <laughs> for this game and played it immediately and I got I just got a big love for the turn-based tactical strategy games and fell in love with XCOM. Unfortunately, XCOM 2 is a, is a, is a cruel mistress and beats my ass and I can't get, can't get very far into it, but it's still, it cemented my love in a genre and it's kind of a right place, right time. I was like, yeah, thirsting for, for wanting to expand my video game horizons and played that one and fell in love. So there you go. And nothing like that feeling where finally the
0: right game opens the door to a genre for you like that and you mm-hmm. suddenly realize that like the 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 table is just full of plates you'll be eating good for as long as you want to because <laughs> you've got this whole wide world in front of you now
1: that's right all right thanks that for that good stuff yeah thanks for that email ggs boys and now boys. to the top five email i'm gonna let you take this one heck yeah this one comes in from
0: our buddy top spot One two. Check them out. Says, this idea was spawned by one of your most recent collector's showcases. Says, I have bad news. The tornado is heading your way. The top of your house is catching fire while the floodwaters seep in below. And you can feel the initial tremors of a major earthquake. (laughs) Thankfully, your family and everyone you love safe and already at the shelter and you're about to join them. They got out there fine. But you realize you have exactly enough time to dart into your game room and grab exactly five items. What are you rescuing? And more importantly, why are you rescuing those items? That is a great question, Top Spot. One that is, at least for me, was very difficult to, to land it down to five, but I'll throw it to you, Trev. Why don't you start us off with your number five?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I I also want to throw some exposition around this too, because this this question made me realize a lot of things about this question made me realize a lot of things about my collection. Oh. Uh, one is that I realize I'm not very sentimental about it, very many specific pieces in my collection. I think hmm. I'm I'm sentimental to the experiences that they create, but the actual yeah. hardware themselves, I love collecting them, but I see the collection as one thing. And so, oh, I, interesting. I, I uh, you know, if if they were damaged or whatever, I see them as things that I can replace for the most part. So Mm -hmm. even ones from my childhood, I couldn't even tell you which ones that those are because they were kind of muddled in through this, you know, my mom got rid of a bunch of my games, which is probably an attachment issue I have to physical media anyway. But anyway, that's a whole, that's a, that's a, that's not a, that's a therapist session. That's not a podcast. (laughs) But, 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 so this was hard for me because I was like, well, I don't have anything that like specifically would grab because it's sentimental my logic tells me I would just grab the most valuable ones because those would be the most difficult ones to replace. But I was like, that's a boring answer. I just don't want to go out and read the dollar signs off on games that I have. So I kind of had to, I kind of had to bend my own way of thinking. Cause I feel like top wants us to name five sort of sentimental pieces. Like what, what are things that do mean something? So I going to say I don't know that these would be the five things I would grab, but in my collection, they might be five things that I would eventually miss uh, because they have some okay. sentimental value. So
0: that's a good that's a good way of reframing that. I, th- I mean, I think the sentimentality is certainly one aspect, and I have a couple things in here that that uh, slots into, but I don't think that's the only reason. I think that there's a little bit of a calculation here between you know what these things are worth, mm-hmm. getting them back, sure. their the, their sentimentality. Especially, I tend to be someone who does like to have the physical object that represents the the event or the thing or or whatever mm-hmm. it is like to hold something and it sparks those memories. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you're I don't think you're a heartless robot who's a oh, terrible collector. But uh, I'm curious to see the the spin team on this.
1: Yeah, well, I did I had to balance all three things. I had to balance sentimentality, can it be replaced in value? So I put all that together in yep. one big old pot, and I think uh, my number five is going to be just a PVM. I need to take one of those. Ooh, They're hard yeah. to replace. I have I have three. I'm gonna pick my favorite one. And I mean, if I know we have to pick five things, but honestly, the things are so fucking heavy. I'm probably just getting that out in time. It's so big. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna grab one of the uh, the video monitors that look that just make all the games look great. I'm gonna take one of those with me out the door. All right, that's a good one. I'd prefer you grab two and then get one to me.
0: But sure, you know, okay. I'm- uh you only have five things, I understand. I mean you're you're not sentimental towards any of it, so it wasn't matter to you. Right? I could replace it, except PVMs are getting fewer and further between. True. True, true. Uh so my number five is along the same vein, something I just don't think I could get back again. I've got a Metroid Prime uh Standee. The Standee that used to I believe it was a ceiling hanging standee that would hang in game stores when Metroid the first Metroid Prime was coming out. It's got like three Metroids on three different sides. Uh, and I do talk about that. I actually talk about most of these things in my game room tour funny enough. So it's very good timing top spot. Uh, but it is one that I, I have a number of standees, a number of like promotional advertisement type stuff that I use to decorate the game room, but that's one that I've only ever seen the one time. And I feel like if I did ever see it a second time, just knowing how the market is these days, it would be way, 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 way more expensive than it was when I got it the first time. And it would be at a price point where I would be fully priced out. So, um, I think I could get some of the promotional stuff back. I'm always giving some of it up, uh, in, in, in picking one, but of them, it's not even necessarily my favorite one that I have, but it is the one that I think is, would be the hardest to get, to get back.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, stuff like that. I, you you can't even find it. on. Oh, I, I look at your game room tour. Yeah. You had some dark cloud swag I wanted. I, I don't even know what to search to find that shit. So I hope you grab that for me, I by know. the way. I get a PVM for uh. you. You give me a dark, dark cloud mobile. Okay, here, here's one I'm going to throw out just because of value. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. It's by yeah. far the most expensive game in my collection. Uh, I don't think if, if everything went away, I don't think I'd be getting that back. So I'll take yeah. it with me on the way out the door tuck it under an arm, yeah. sp- sprint out. I mean, that makes sense. It, it 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 would almost be
0: I think disingenuous to run through a top 5 list like this and not at least for one of them grab one of your heavy hitters off the shelf. Like it, that that's just good sense. Yeah, got to take it. Yeah, got to grab it. Well, mine mine's not a heavy hitter here. But uh this was this was a little bit of a spin on it, but I'm going to say I have two copies of the game Elite Beat Agents on DS. And I'm going to grab both of those copies for a couple reasons. One, very sentimental. One of the first games that Leah and I really bonded over, one of the first systems I got for her was a DS, and this was a game that we both were obsessed with. We played it together all the time in the in the budding days of our relationship. Uh, and so it, it's meaningful to me in that way. But also, you know, our house just burned down and flooded, and there's an earthquake that is being torn apart by a tornado. Like, both of our lives are being ripped apart right now. We're both mm. stressed out. She and I we're just going to need something to de-stress with and I think it'd be nice for us to for us to just have a copy of the same game that we can, you know, unplug for 5 minutes and not worry about whether or not our cats are going to be okay and just and just play some. Just 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 enjoy some game time before we have to give freaking State Farm a call again and figure <laughs> out what the heck's going on with our uh, policy.
1: Yeah, and then Jake answers, and it's Jake from State Farm, but it's also Jake oh. who used to be on the podcast, and uh, just <sighs> well, that's just awkward. a tense moment right there. It's tense, <laughs> oh man, because he's like, you know, how much you you what you got a bunch of games, So what, you know? He's all he's all got a bad attitude about it,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you were one of the, if you were standing in my game room when all these natural disasters hit, you wouldn't be one of my five things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get him. Uh, yeah. I'd probably I'd probably take him with me. He's, he's a good guy. Um, yeah. All right, my number three. This this is kind of a weird one, probably, but I I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tuck that NCAA 2014 and take it with me. I mean, you play a game for the amount of time I played that game. That thing is one with me. I feel like it would yeah. it would cry seeing me go without it. I would be able to hear it, <laughs> be like all the time we spent together. And sure, I can replace it, but. That's the one disc that my Xbox 360 has spun the most. I just, I gotta have it with me.
0: Yeah, you gotta keep it around. Plus, I think for you, uh, the way you talk about that game, it seems like it's a bit of comfort food for you, no, right? It's good. Like it's yeah. It's your go to, it's your default, it's your baseline. What else mm-hmm. are you gonna play? I don't know, I'll pop in that NCAA and get, just, just, just run through a couple of games. So yeah. it's gonna be good to have that when you're dealing with the stress of all this.
1: It's just a, a regular bag of greasy, salty potato chips, man. That's all yeah. it is. Just, it's mm. a good fallback. Yeah, you're eating good. You're eating good. Uh, So I'm going to grab for my number
0: three. This is very similar to your saga. I'm grabbing my, my complete Earthbound. I think that's the single most expensive game per item that I have. It's a great game, so if I want to mm-hmm. hang on to it, you know, that's a good way to restart a collection. For sure. But two, you know, worst comes to worst, I need to cover a deductible or something like that. It's <laughs> nice to have two grand in my back pocket that I can sell off and, and put towards... The road to recovery
1: here, so yeah, I, that's I think that would be the one that I'd grab. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, that's the big box too, right? So, yep, bit of a bit of an armload on the way out the door. It's no PVM, but it's a it's a heft. No. <laughs> uh, okay, now I think my my next two are going to get slightly more sentimental. So, uh number two for me, I'm going to pick up Fire Nice for the NES. Now it's interesting hmm. because. The reason that it's sentimental is not for this cart specifically, just the game itself. So, uh, my dad, before he passed away in 2017, I made him a Retro Pie. And I put games mm. on there that I knew my dad would like. So, we got... Basically Mario and then puzzle games galore because the dude was just a <laughs> like a Niels bore when it came to puzzles. And so uh, one of the games he discovered on there, and I wasn't really even that familiar with it at the time, was Fire and Ice. And this is a sequel to Solomon's Key on the NES, and it's just a little puzzle game where you got to mix, you know, you, you know, he can you can put down ice and you have to dodge fire and solve puzzles, escape, etc. My dad loved it, and he was like, "Man, this game is great!" And uh w- we solved some puzzles together. And then not long after that. He passed away, so that's my, my one of my mm-hmm. last memories of gaming with my dad. Was playing this Fire and Ice game, and I didn't even own it at the time. So later that Christmas, uh, he passed away in October. Uh, that Christmas, I said, I got to have this card. It's just I want to I want to play through the game a little bit more, and so yeah. um, I, I bought the game. And uh, so now it's kind of a sentimental piece, even though this game came from some kid named Zach in Indiana who has no idea about my dad. That game is still something <laughs> I, I want to keep with me, <laughs> even though we we emulated it we played it on an old emulator doesn't matter i still like that game probably going to take it with me no i like that i, I mean that's as good a reason
0: as any who doesn't doesn't matter the history of that card it just matters the meaning that you put into it you're gonna be that's happy free. to have that one i mean imagine starting up a new a new set, collection of nes because i know you'd start over again having <laughs> that one be the very first one up on the shelf That's just good stuff. That's true. That is true. All right. My number two is not a game memorabilia at all. It's actually uh, on the back of the door to my game room. uh, For several years, my nephews and my niece would either color pictures of game stuff or they would do paintings or drawings from game stuff that they would give to me. And that usually would be a part of like a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. When they were in, you know, like ages, that eh, ranges from like four to ten at various times. If one of them was in the mood to do a little arts and crafts, my sister would usually be like, "Hey, you gotta. Why don't you do a Mario? Paint up a Mario for for my brother." And then they would give it to me, and I, I love that stuff. So I mm-hmm. I've always hung all those up on the back of my door. I think it's a very good way to decorate the door. And I would I would just yank that whole sheet of taped up art down and bring them all with. Especially the one that is a PS5 with a little Santa head yeah. on it. it says PS5 Party. That my nephew drew for me when he knew I was excited. He's like a ten-year-old, and he knows that me, a thirty-year-old, is excited for a new PlayStation <laughs> console. And he draws me a freaking picture of a PS5, just to be like, "Hey, man, hang this up and just get hyped about that new system." So that's what yeah, I that's would. Awesome.
1: Bring. Yeah, that's awesome. That's also at the very beginning of your game room tour, and uh, it's awesome. I love seeing yeah. that. Uh, okay, my number one. Now, so this one, the easily the most sentimental piece that I have. And the one thing, if it were down to one thing, obviously it's the number one thing, but uh, I would grab this so a bit of backstory my mom massive agoraphobe when I was a kid i she maybe was out went out in public twice when i was until i till she passed away. i never saw she went to uh one of my senior nights for football, walked out on the uh Walked out with us. Other than that, never Mm. went to a single thing that I was in. Because she couldn't. She she didn't want... She's very nervous. Very nervous woman. Didn't want to go out anywhere. And another time, she went out. We we both went to the grocery store. This was like in 1992, 1993. So I was like seven or eight years old. And uh, I didn't even know she could drive. And she was like, we got to go to the grocery store. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And so we get in the car. And sure enough, we get there safely. She's driving the car. Big old station wagon, too. It's like a bus. I was like, you have to have a CDL to drive this thing, and <laughs> uh, and we get we get there and we go we're going to the grocery store and I'm a kid, you know, and I see something I kind of want it, and the 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 store that we're in was a grocery store that also rents uh, video games, mm-hmm. and they're getting rid of their NES section over there. It's, it's middle late night, maybe it's like ninety three ninety four. Anyway, the NES its heyday is over. They're not going to rent those anymore. They're selling out. They're selling off a few of them, and. Uh, they, there's there's not many left, and the ones that they have, I, the only one that I was interested in was uh, um, City Connection. And so I don't know if you've seen mm. this one before. A little, I think it's Jalico. Uh, you're just a you know, little car. It's got neat music, and you, you have to jump on different platforms with the car or whatever. It was three bucks, yeah. and I was like, oh, Mom will get me this old game here. You know, G- games are mm. never three dollars. This game never. is three freaking dollars, and I I took it over to. Him. I was like, Can can I get this? Like I know it's your first day out. But (laughs) I hate to be a bummer. I'm just a little boy. But (laughs) could I, can you think we could, she was like, yeah, sure, let's get it. And uh, so she bought me that game. And that always stuck with me because I was like, man, that was the one time my mom took me out and bought me something. It's fucking crazy. So I still have that. I even still have the little clamshell I got from the store. That's something even as a kid I knew I should hold on to. So I still have the, uh, it has like all the. You know the, the the instructions that were always riddled with typos that would come with ri- rented games that were just kind of taped onto yes. boxes? Something. It has all that <laughs> yeah. on there. Some of the information is wrong, but I still have all uh. of that because that's the one game that, and, and the one time I remember, well, one of the only few times that I remember my mom venturing out into the wild and we bought a video game.
0: What, well, that's an awesome story, and I'm glad that you still have... And both the item and all of the ephemera yeah. around it, right? That you had the fourth uh, to to keep the case and everything, so that uh, it, it, th- those janky old notes, those typos, I I can uh, picture in my head. Probably those notes are like a little yellowed, maybe a little yep. ripped up with tape patching parts of it. That just makes it all the sweeter.
1: Yeah, Some solid stuff, man.
0: City Connection, a good example of you know what we don't we don't pick what games will be nostalgic or meaningful hey, to us it's right? true that's true of all of them city connection city connection 99 people out of 100 that's that's filler
1: and a lot that people just <laughs> think of as chaff i mean it was a, an orphaned nes game that i <laughs> took home heck yeah well you know what you said that was around 92 or so uh, i'm a, between 92 and 94 i was i was uh, a, a right. bit of a wee lad but it was late nes
0: perfect Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh embellish a little bit we're gonna say that that was you were probably picking up that game with your mom somewhere around christmas in 93 okay you know what maybe christmas day maybe when she took you out to the grocery store (laughs) was to pick up some christmas fixings maybe and would you believe it at the exact same time at the on another side of the country a young steve was ripping into his christmas gifts from santa and inside lo and behold copy of Sonic 2, but not just a copy of Sonic 2, it's got a Genesis wrapped around it. That's the bundle. The Sonic 2 bundle with the Sega Genesis, the first console I ever owned on my own. And I've told this story before I believe, but I opened it up, you know, I'm 5 years old. My sister who's about 10 years older than me, so she's she's uh, smack dab in her teenage years. Mm-hmm. She's looking to get up to a little bit of mischief. She comes down to my bedroom she sneaks she wakes me up she says hey hey come on upstairs santa already left the gifts mm-hmm. so at midnight she wakes me up i get out of bed open up that genesis she uh she helps me hook it up to the tube tv sitting in the corner on that swivel stand and i played sonic 2 the whole night i played it right up till 8 eight thirty in the morning when my parents woke up and then i had to try and make i had to try and pretend like oh i just woke up i just oh i just woke gosh. up and i just hooked it up you guys you just missed it you just missed me doing this, which obviously I'm a five-year-old. I'm I'm good, but not amazing at lying. And so <laughs> I, I, I imagine that they probably saw through that. You know, you never know. Uh, but yeah, I, so that copy of Sonic 2, it's the earliest game that I have any memory of playing. I, I'm pretty sure I played games before that because mm-hmm. my sister had an NES, but that was the first game I remember ever playing. And it was also the first game that was ever mine. Right, And through moves and stuff, even though I've always been somewhat collector minded for various reasons, I didn't keep all of the, the boxes for all my games and things, but I still have that original copy of Sonic two that not for resale copy that, I mean, that case is starting to like peel up in the corner and the artwork's a little tattered because I opened it up thousands of times over my life, played it so much, but it is the very first game I ever remember having. And I mean, you could really say it's, it's essentially the first thing that ever got added into my collection so I would definitely want to save it
1: nice very nice and again shout yeah. out that game room tour you show it off you you highlight it uh, specifically there so yeah man that's awesome that is awesome I, I'm wondering if your parents knew you. they come downstairs and they see their five year old with big bags under his eyes he looks like he's been on an all night bender <laughs> He's like, uh, no, I've been, uh, I just woke up. It's like, wow, you, you sound like you smoked a pack of cigarettes, buddy. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> and then he's being an absolute, just a ninny the whole rest of the day. Temper tantrums and crouchiness <laughs> the whole time. Falling asleep at probably 1030. There's no shot that they didn't see right through it. Man,
1: he's like, damn, he's already pretty good at this game to have just plugged it <laughs> yeah. in. Like he's had hours of practice or something. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Ah, oh, good stuff, man. Um, you, you think your sister still plays games or or no? She does, yeah. So, I mean, this is the sister
0: that all my nephews and my Mm. niece that draw me pictures comes from, and they, they are pretty big game people. They play a lot of, like, Mario Maker and stuff like that, and so I don't think she plays a lot on her own anymore, like, just for fun. But, I do think that, like sort of just like you know the the three kids need a fourth for a full round of Mario Party. she ends up playing games
1: in that context, fair enough, all right, well, I think that's going to do it. so thank you again, top spot, one, two, three for the um the top five motivation there, the inspiration, very good one, and yeah, I think uh,
0: this was a lot of fun. I hope uh, I hope solid, I we solid up yeah
1: I hope we don't yeah I hope we don't meet the misfortune of uh encountering a Sim City god and uh, get <laughs> get tornado <laughs> earthquake and firebombed out of our homes anytime soon uh but maybe I should yeah. round up all the things I listed and put them in one spot just in case <laughs>
0: I was going to say, I'm feeling a little more comfortable now that I've got a plan. All right?
1: yeah, it's knows. good to have a plan before the crisis hits. <laughs> That's right. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Polykill. Uh, again, as always, all of our socials there. You can find us on Twitter at Polykill. I'm at TravPlaysGames, Steve's at Blinkum. You can catch him streaming win, And where's Steve? Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays over on Twitch.tv slash Blinkum. Doing all sorts of
0: fun stuff over there and then streaming some Playdate. Probably going to do some more Playdate streams this week, I think, because that device is fun and I just think it's cool that I'm able to actually show it off to people. So if you want to see weird little novelty indie hardware and then some retro games in between, come check it out.
1: Check that out. Be sure to check, check out Drunk Friend this Friday for a little more Trav and Steve. Act. Twice in the, talk twice in the same week. We've never done it. Let's see how it goes. And uh, got stuff to say to each other, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. We've got Alex there, and he'll be the wild card. And, and until <laughs> next time, folks, thanks for listening. Peace.